Hey, welcome back to the Football Factory Podcast. Sorry, not the Football Factory Podcast, the Mass Football Podcast. Changed the name in the last episode, so it's going to take some getting used to. But with me today, the co-host Paolo. Paolo. What is up? Now, how are you today, man? Dude, I'm good. I'm excited. The name change is definitely going to have to be something we get used to, like changing the... Uh the year and when you sign papers 2022 this is the first episode of 2022 and with me today a very special guest one of my uh, first club coaches steve scott steve how are you today yeah doing good man doing good i'm getting better with the soundboard you are you're working it (laughs) um first let me uh, roll into thanking the sponsors selva studios selva plant studios for allowing us to use their space um, they are now open. Uh, their uh, pretty much work schedule is posted on Instagram, so if you want to come in, pay a visit, check them out. It's a great place for plants, books, knickknacks, gifts, anything you guys want to look into, definitely check them out. Um, but to our guest, Steve, how are you today, man? Doing good. Doing good. I yo. appreciate you for coming on, man. Um, it's a soccer podcast, and I feel like we need more soccer out there, so... It's going to be, it's an honor to have you on. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Man. It's a, it's a privilege and just, you know, anytime we can get out and talk about the great game and, and, and everything going on in the community uh, that can get out there and serve others and provide opportunities and those kind of things, man, I'm, I'm all about it. Amen. Amen. So um, tell me first, before we go into these random questions, how, um, where soccer started for you? Um, I just started playing when I was little, um, five, six years old, uh, in the south side, south side of Oklahoma City. Um, actually grew up in uh, more schools. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I started playing, just playing out there at, the, at that time was the Moore Soccer Club. Started playing there and just loved it. And at that time, everybody was playing soccer. It was the number one sport, right? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a lot of people yeah, playing was, soccer. Well, yeah, there's. I mean, a, a lot of the you know a lot of the things that that the the youth of today get with the support and the and the the people pushing behind them to help them get promoted and to get you know get their name out, getting the word out for college opportunities, et cetera, different club opportunities, and those kind of things. You're you know back back then when I was playing and growing up and playing the game it was just there was none of that no now people can hit up a coach on twitter and you know get in front of them that way so um you played in more did you do any club soccer yeah we matter of fact the uh when i was 11 which would be the u12 year was the first year that the state of osa the state of oklahoma actually implemented uh, at that it, competitive soccer, but mm-hmm. it was called classic soccer. Okay. It was classic. So you had your recreational, then you had classic. And the very first year they implemented that was I was able to, I tried out and made the first U12 team in Moore. Nice. And it's not like club is today. No. Back then it was one team. You tried out, you either made it or you didn't. No there, B there, team, there's no, no There's no three or four or five, six teams you know, you try out, you're going to get placed. Mm-hmm. Now you either made it or you didn't. And so it was, like I said, it was, it was intense. How many other clubs were there at the time? 
Um, they, they, there was quite a bit. Um, not like there is now. Yeah. But back, back, back at that time, all the competitive soccer at that time, classic soccer, um, all that, all that club-wise, it was like. Unlike it is today, where you now we commit. have Cosmos, yeah. Midwest City, right. NKC, OEFC. I don't know what's going on in Edmond. Whether that's right. it's not Royals anymore, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's back then the structure was you played in your country. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was like seven countries across the state. Uh, like for this for this area, it was Frontier Country. Okay, and you played in your area. So if I was if I grew up in the Moore schools, then I played in the Moore soccer club. Mm. If you grew up in the you know in the North, you would play at the North OK City Soccer Club, mm. etc. So there was boundaries by where you live on where you tried out where you played. Unlike now, no. everybody just goes where they drive 30, 40 minutes, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. You know, out of state. To, yeah. To go to to go to a particular club that they want to go to. And that would also be the case for recruitment wise as well. So mm-hmm. if you were a coach at Moore, you typically wouldn't go out of the your area to recruit players. Right. No, no. I mean, because literally like at that time there was for that club mm-hmm. you knew that you were trying out for that club based on where you lived mm-hmm. so there was no thought process of well i'm going to go try out here i'm going to go try out here and we'll try out here no you tried out because there was boundaries set mm-hmm. at that time with the state with the state divided up in countries mm-hmm. so seems like it was a little <coughs> bit more regulated it, it was then. it was regulated and it was based on where you lived in schools you went to things like that so yeah wow now we have clubs that are doing tryouts the first one that can have tryouts, they'll, they'll do tryouts before the season's even over. Yeah, I see. Yeah, so. yeah, it's jumped all the way up to like May first now. Yeah, and then, like I said, you can go, you can go try out for one place, and you can go wherever you want. Now as far as kids are teaming up. Now yeah. they're planning what high school to go to together, so they can take that on. Oh, that's a whole other thing today about the about the whole yeah. transfer rule that got that law got passed. There's a new transfer law that got passed. Yeah, the, for high school students. I didn't know that. Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, high school students now, as of January 1 this year, Governor Stitt signed where basically there, there was an open transfer for you to go wherever you wanted to go, but the receiving school has to have a spot available for you, and they have to accept you. Hmm. Mm. So there is no more... The restrictions, or so it sounds like it's more it's, it, easier it, now to yeah, it transfer. Put, well, basically, it puts it. It put there's there's restrictions. Just the fact of yeah. it, it puts it on the receiving school. Yeah, they first off they have to accept you, but in order to accept you, they gotta have they gotta show that they have a spot available. Uh, well, I mean, if I wanted a player, I'll I'll make a spot available <laughs> for him. You know, that's the, I, well, I, think, I think that's the I, case that's gonna happen. I'm sure that discussions already going on all across the state. Yeah. with a lot of coaches probably. Yikes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that just happened this, uh, you know, January as of January one. Huh. So you started playing club then at Moore. You made your team. Um, how 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 was that? Did it also feed into your? Did you play high school at Moore as well? Yeah, yeah, I played at. Uh, I actually went to Westmore. Westmore, okay. Yeah, yeah. Jaguars. Yeah. Nice. How was that? How was your high school experience at that time? It was good. It was good. Um, really good. We, uh, you know. The my sophomore my freshman year was still 
considered still more high school because mm-hmm. Westmore wasn't Westmore wasn't open. Westmore opened my sophomore year, so mm-hmm. my graduating class of '91 was the first class to go completely through Westmore, meaning mm-hmm. that you know because at, at that time it was high school was 10, 11, 12, and junior high was yeah. you know seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so. To go completely through the high school, basically my sophomore year, we opened up Westmore and went completely through it. Mm-hmm. So um, freshman year, didn't didn't play at Moore. Um, I think I think I did basketball a little bit and just yeah. kind of freshman year didn't 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 know a whole you know didn't. <laughs> I also I tried a, basketball. I was, I was a freshman. <laughs> I was terrible at basketball. I love how this always comes up. It always <laughs> comes up. It always comes up somehow. <laughs> but I was the type of kid that always wanted to stay busy. And, anyways, but yeah. So the so the sophomore, junior, senior year was amazing with the soccer, and uh, we had a lot of really really talented guys. So. Do you remember your coach that coached you at that time? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, there was uh, Jim Cousins was mm-hmm. was my coach uh, our senior year, and uh, it was uh, really good because his uh, he was he was actually came in and filled in because uh, the coach previously had had left, and um, Jim's was a, a coach in the in the community. It was really good. His his uh, one of his sons was a was a senior that year and playing, and so my junior year senior year he was. He was there. Nice. And then did you go on to play college ball as well? Yeah. Yeah. I went to Oklahoma Christian. Okay. Played there. Um, walked on. And there's a whole, I mean, there's the whole the whole journey from the, the soccer side of this is is really, really good. And it's a, it's a testament to to anybody that wants to get out there and go play. Mm-hmm. Please do because, tell. Because one of, the, one of the first things that, you know, for me, I wasn't recruited. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a... I wasn't considered a top player in the state, but yet I made my path. I I was on the state ODP team my junior senior year at the U seventeen U eighteen age group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's just me wanting to go and do it. I wanted to make I wanted, made my mind up. I wanted to go do it. So I went and went and tried out, made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in college, and this is one thing that a lot of a lot of kids the youth today they don't understand especially the high school kids that that have that opportunity or that dream that they want to go play in college to, as a as a college coach for 10 years college coaches aren't showing up to high school games well they're just not showing up that the thing is is you have to recruit yourself mm. if a college coach knows about you you've contacted them you showed interest they will see you mm-hmm but if you think that you're just going to show up at a showcase, you're going to show up at a tournament, and then somebody's going to see you, there might be somebody there. But as a college coach for myself, every game I went to, there wasn't one sideline that I sat on that I didn't get a contact from somebody on that field. Mm-hmm. And so one of the biggest things and the easiest thing that anybody can do, you want to play college, you need to go. Don't wait for a college coach to recruit you. You need to recruit yourself. Show interest. Show initiative. Be yeah, proactive. Show, initi- show interest that you are interested in them, mm-hmm. interested in the university, interested in their program. And then invite them to the games, wherever your games are. Invite them to those games. Mm-hmm. And once you show that interest, they'll be there. But there's, yeah. not, there's, not, there's not one coach that's ever shown up to a game that didn't have somebody on the somebody on that game that already con- contacted, contacted him. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Danny Frid, the Mac men's coach that came, yep. gave as advice. 
nowadays yeah. everybody's email is online you can reach out to them through their social media and just shooting them an email that's personable that's taking into their account their season hey you guys went 19 and one love the program i would love to be out there to practice yep they remember that id camps he also recommended mm -hmm. id camps as a good way to putting yourself in front of those coaches and uh, kind of just constantly constantly right showing your face and yeah. then last week we had a sophomore junior now who mm -hmm. uh, plays ecnl does showcase tournaments i know her mom is putting out emails <laughs> all the time it's that's it baffled me how um how how they approach the recruitment process because due to myself i didn't know i was going to play college ball until the week before the season started or a yeah. week before i was going to jump into uco cancel all my classes yeah and signed up to mid-america just because i had a friend who was going to continue playing it was always yeah. a dream for me to continue playing yeah. but i just didn't know that i wanted to do it yeah <laughs> right, and then i jumped right. in last minute as well as for paulo paulo also went to go play at sgu yeah um so it is that's some good advice for you just to get out there and shoot them emails social media right. all that jazz yes and i and i and i said that for this because my freshman year so i graduated when i was 17 years old mm -hmm. i was 17 i didn't turn 18 till midway through the college season Yikes. so 17 year old going into training camp in august the heat of oklahoma yeah three days <laughs> right uh -huh. yeah yeah and so going into that well i had a senior that was a a you know, first team all conference, you know, just really, really good player. And so I'm playing behind him and I'm like, okay, well, so I'm just training and just, mm -hmm. you know, when I get minutes, I get minutes. Mm -hmm. A week or two before the season opener, he goes down with his ACL. Oh, Oof. terrible. So guess what? Now I'm up and I'm starting 17 years old in the toughest conference in the, in the country, in the Sooner Athletic Conference. Yeah. And I'm 17 years old, and I play 17 of the 19 games. Wow. And I started 15 of those. What position were you playing? Uh, forward. Forward? Yeah. You're banging those goals in, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> either that or setting somebody up. <laughs> nice. Nice. Dang. <laughs> the, the, two thing, the, the, the two things, and, and this is one thing I picked up on anybody that asked me, mm -hmm. that especially that plays as a forward, you know, every position has their role and responsibility within the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a forward, I always tell the forwards that I coach, the people I know that are forwards, the ones that ask. I said it's it's very simple, and I got in, and I picked this up when I was because I talked with uh, Anson Durant, the mm -hmm. university women's coach. Um, talked with him and heard him and, and heard him speak, but I got to talk to him too at the uh, the at that time the NSCAA national convention. Mm -hmm. But you might heard him talk about the fact that the forward's job has is two jobs. The first one is to score goals period and the second one if they can't score they're setting somebody else up to score that's their job sounds simple so so yeah it does <laughs> that's it, right well yeah. like, you know it's kind of relief it's like either you're scoring or you better be setting somebody else up to score yeah and that just simplified it for me as mm -hmm. far as the forward role mm -hmm. because if you look at the best forwards that play at any level the best forwards are scoring goals or they're creating a goal for someone else that's a sitter that's easy. Whether mm -hmm. it's creating space, right. timing a good run, <clears throat> a dummy run. Yeah. Yeah. So but so that whole that whole journey for me, you know, just 
I went after it, mm-hmm. right? And so that kind of led into during my college career, I just me and some friends had some friends that lived in Kansas City, and there was an open tryout for a uh, professional team, the Kansas City Attack at the time. Mm-hmm. It's in the uh, NPSL, Professional Indoor League at the time. That was the name of it. And and uh, it was, since I had a friend there, me and a couple of guys went out there. And it was a professional tryout. So, mm-hmm. And it was open. There's four, It's like going to the indoor arena, and mm-hmm. there's like all these Division One players and Division Two players that think they are just, all the time, or yeah. they're just, or they're good players, but then, uh, just you know, yeah. everybody grows up, gets older, and they they still can play, but can't move like they used to. Those yeah. kind of things, right? I, I don't. So yeah. one would say that playing indoors is a lot more running than it is an outdoor, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's faster, faster it's faster pace, pace, but the subs are quick. And subs quick, yeah. There is, is this the same time frame when the hat trick professional soccer team was playing as well? Mm, yes. Because I know that yeah. they had a professional indoor soccer team for mm-hmm. a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah. I actually I played with them. Yeah. I played with them when it when it when when they were at ISA, and then when the owner moved to Hattrick and opened it up before it was bought by Russell. Huh? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, they had so a prof- the it, Warriors. It, the Warriors was the uh, one that was down at ISA, mm-hmm. and then when the owner moved. To and bought at the time what is what is hat trick at that time mm-hmm. it was Summerfield when he went in hmm. and he changed the name and, and then the name got changed to hat trick eventually and those kind of things right and now it's Soccer City now right? it's Soccer City now it's yeah. Soccer City yeah. yeah but so that so anyway going to the professional tryout it's like having all those Division One Division Two guys that can play mm-hmm. and there was 40, 40 guys there thanks so. The mindset that you have when you approach things like that is everything, because every player, when you go to a high, when you go to a college tryout, when you go to a professional combine, when you go to those things that are high level, and you go to a club tryout for a high level squad, mm-hmm. and even and even maybe a second or third level squad, when you go to these tryouts, half the battle is mentally being prepared, yeah. mm-hmm. and the whole fact about when I went to that, I went into it with a mindset of this is an experience. I expect nothing of it. I'm going to go play, and I'm going to do my job. That's a good mindset to have. And out of those 40 guys, there was three selected. Two of us were from Oklahoma. Hmm. I was one, and then there was another guy that actually was from Oklahoma, but he lived in Kansas City. And so went to that professional Combine was there for about six, well, for all of uh, preseason, and uh, and then right before right before preseason uh, finished, before the first game, um, they had a, a a veteran come back, and mm. that they weren't expecting, that had retired, so the coach pulled me aside and said, "Hey, I want you to stay. We'll do whatever we can for you. I want you to stay, but." We have this guy that's come back, and he's like a league all-star. And he goes, honestly, he was retiring. We didn't expect him back. So, anyway, so I spent about three months there. How'd you handle that mentally, though? Mentally, I I was probably uh, disappointed, but maybe you sound pretty optimistic. You probably took it. Right, but but the other side of it was the fact that 
they wanted me mm. right mm -hmm. so when you when you get to a professional level like that it's it's very it's very simple it's like everything's very honest and upfront and the way they treated that situation because they wanted me i went ahead and made the decision to go and come back home because i'd take care of some things at the house at back home mm -hmm. but the way they handled it was perfect mm. and i was okay with it because I went to the Owen tryout. I selected. I went and you trained yourself already. I went and trained and played with, you know, on, on that team at the time. There was a guy named Wes Wade, and there was uh, Wes Wade, who was a league all star, and a couple other guys that were league all stars, and maybe, maybe even like a, a, a you know, the equivalent to whatever you know, hall their kind of hall hall mm -hmm. status for mm -hmm. for the indoor game. Uh, their icons for the indoor game. I got to go train day by day with them, mm. and and some of the things that they taught me, some of the things they told me was just, you you, you can't get back. Yeah, and so the experience was awesome. Was this during your college? Yeah, college. Yeah. So this is still between freshman and sophomore. Uh, it was sophomore. Sophomore year, and then you yeah. carried that over into your college game as well, which probably was massive. Yeah, yeah, and at the time, <laughs> that's another story. At the time, I had uh, so I did come back. Mm -hmm. um, I did come back. I was at, and I actually came back and went to SNU and played there for a couple of years. Had another opportunity to go play pro, and um, and so I went to the combine. Of course, it, this was invitation only. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, any open. open. It wasn't mm -hmm. an open. It was an invitation. So you had, to, you had to send in your playing resume and those kind of things. And I got accepted. Well, I got accepted because I played with the Kansas City Attack. Mm. Right? I feel like having was, that notch on your belt means so much. Yeah. And, and I figured out when I got there, everybody there was a pro in some form. You know, there wasn't anybody that was yeah. an amateur. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anybody that was just a college kid coming to it, getting accepted. It was it was pro experienced guys, and because I had played with Kansas City, who had who had been one of the top teams in that league, that I came to find out with all the other guys were kind of minor league, semi pro. So I got a lot of attention while mm -hmm. I was there, mm -hmm. and which was which was cool, but so. That whole thing happened. We went through the we went through the we went through the uh, combine. The first fifteen minutes, right? We're down. I'm down on the field playing. I run across the guy's coming across the top of this arc, mm -hmm. and he's hitting a left footed shot. I come running in. I lunge out to block it with my right foot. I block with my right foot. It hits my foot because the guy hit the ball mm -hmm. so hard. It hits my foot. Turns it outside, and I no. lean on it. Turn my ah. fifteen minutes into a two day, two or, two or three day tryout. Right. Yeah. This is the first fifteen minutes of the first day. Jesus. Time's and rough. so and so so after everything, they got people. They got me. A, you know, it was that Kansas City mm -hmm. where you stand up top and you mm -hmm. watch down. That's where it is. So I go upstairs. I'm on crutches and you know watching. I'm going well. That didn't go very well. No, it didn't. <laughs> Dang. So, so I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just watching. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys up, and I figure out it's like coaches and mm -hmm. general managers. Oh, and, this is when you had and, your moment and, with and them, the, huh? The league, the league commissioners. You know, they're mm -hmm. the, the league off. They're they're all there. They're because they're all watching. Yeah. And they want to because this is a new league. So 
everybody was there, right? So I'm standing, I'm sitting there, and then a the couple of couple of guys come over. It was a couple of coaches just come to check on me, ask how I'm doing. Yeah, I said, well, I'm doing all right. You know, I said, man, that was a bad break. I said, I said, yeah. And they just asked how my foot was doing. I was, well, it's it's hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hurting, but I'm the other way. but yeah. I'm okay. Um, it's you know it's sprained, so but it's it'll be all right. And so after just the just shooting the bull for a few minutes, then they they both leave. So I just go back to watching, you know, some of the guys I got to know and mm-hmm. those kind of things, and just kind of just kind of watching, kind of quietly cheering for them and things. And then the uh, as I'm watching, then I notice that the two coaches come back. I go, okay, that's cool, and, you know. Then the look, and then there's a third guy with them. Mm-hmm. So there's a third guy with them, and that was um, come to find out. Was, he was started asking me questions. So he go, he goes, how are you doing? I go, well, I'm doing okay. And he goes, well, these two guys said that I need to come over and talk to you. Hmm. I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. So anyway. The coaches start saying, "Yeah, well, this is so and so. You know, it ends up he's the commissioner of the oh, league. Wow. He's the commissioner of the league." And so, while I'm there, he starts talking. He said, "Well, I said he goes, man, that's unlucky. That first 15 minutes, you know, you, you know, evidently you made an impression." Wow. I go, what? He goes, "Yeah, evidently you made an impression on these two guys. These two, these two guys came over and grabbed me and said that we need to see you again." And I and I go, oh, okay, <laughs> that's nice. So this guy here gives it all on the field. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. And uh, and so he goes. So you know we got another we got another combine coming up in Biloxi, Mississippi, in about a month and a half. Can you make it? You be okay? I said, oh yeah, I should be held up by then. I'll, I'll you good to go? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Mm-hmm. He goes, good. Then we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna get you there. Wow. And so they they helped me get their transportation, and I got there, did the deal, and so all that while I was there, two teams that one of those coaches and another coach talked to me quite a bit while I was there and playing and those kind of things, and then on the day of the draft, I got a phone call and got drafted in the fifth the fifth round. Wow! Congratulations. So if you understand, it's a brand new league, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's not like a fifth round with a team full of players. It's the number five pick on the whole squad. Yeah, mm. you know, and I was drafted as a defender hmm. because I could defend. But then, because I had a had a good shot, I could take long shots and pretty accurate with them. Mm-hmm. But then I was also they, I was also drafted. The coach told me uh, afterwards that they they really liked me the fact that I could play keeper hmm. indoors. I played keeper indoors and. Um, so I was the backup. I was the back backup keeper in the sixth attacker, and they didn't have to waste another draft pick on another keeper. Huh. So they just added another field player instead of getting another keeper. And so you know, and so the whole thing, the whole the short side of that is not going after going through all the detail. Mm-hmm. The short side of that is because of the mentality of me going in to each of these combines, these professional tryouts. And, and even the mentality when I was in college, it's a it's a no pressure situation. Mm-hmm. I don't need to put pressure on myself, mm-hmm. right? I just need to go out and enjoy the moment and do do what I do because I'm good enough. All the work has been put in already, so there's not right. really a point to stress about because, it while you're there. Because 
if you put yourself, anybody that's a good player, that knows how to play the game, the difference between a good player and a great player, or a great player and a professional player, is the mindset. It's themselves. Because mm-hmm. everyone, I tell, tell my players all the time, every one of you can play. Every one of you have the tools. When you go to these high-level tryouts and these, high le- these college tryouts and these combines and things like that, Everybody there has the same skill set. Yeah. They all can play. So what separates you? It's your approach and your mindset on going and how you go into it. Mm -hmm. And for me, and this is what I tell everybody, if you go in not expecting anything other than the experience of you doing your job and letting letting you grow for that next opportunity, you're going to be more relaxed because you have no expectation for yourself. You put no pressure on yourself and now you can go tackle anything you have in front of you. Hmm, I like that. That's kind of how I approach doing podcasts. There you go. <laughs> you know just, what I mean? Just winging it. No, I, I, I don't want to say that I do, but I kind of just uh, rely on it a little bit. But that's a good way to look at it just because I don't want to stress about it too much. And once you do, you're more prone to make mistakes. And when you do make mistakes, the important thing is what are you going to do after that mistake. Right. Yeah, gonna because you think it? about it. Think yeah. about it. Your mind just goes, if you start thinking about, you know, all this pressure and man, if I mess up and yeah. if, if I mess up, then I, this, this thing is done. It, it's over. I, I can't, you know, if you keep filling yourself with negative thoughts, the positive outcome is never going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because negative doesn't breed positive. Negative breeds negative. Mm-hmm. Positive brings positive. If you have no expectation, there is no negative to tear you down out of the situation that you're trying to obtain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. And so two professional tryouts made it both times. That never happens. It never happens. I've been blessed. I've been blessed amazingly to have those opportunities. But if you think about the, the, the opportunity and the chances and the odds of just one person getting that opportunity, getting that professional opportunity, those percentages are point zero zero seven five. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy low. It's slim to none. Mm-hmm. I went to two and made it both times. Mm. So I know that the mindset that I go into things like that with, with, with no pressure, I, I have this, I have this, the hashtag. Hashtag embrace the process. Hashtag release the pressure. Embrace the process to release the pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I do. That's what I believe in. And that, I know it works because if, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't the deal about going to two professional tryouts and making it both times, and that's the only two I've ever done. The only two. And I've made it both times. I'm, I'm batting 100. Yeah, don't go back to another one. No, no. <laughs> keep it that way. Oh, I'm done now. I'm done now. I'm done now. But 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 yeah, that's I how crazy it is, right? Yeah. So I know that that mindset works if someone going into those situations will truly embrace those situations. Now, will they make it? But one time, both times, they may not. But that process, because of how I did it, I was okay with not making it. Because I knew I was building that portfolio. Mm-hmm. I was building that experience. So when I go to the next one, I was better prepared for the next one. Mm-hmm. Right? Been there, done that. So, so that mindset of just embracing what goes on. So there's, I can release the pressure. And the pressure won't hinder me from doing what I want to do. Hmm. That's an experience right there. Now, 
I mean, I definitely want to keep talking about the soccer, but how did how did you carry that mentality and experience to being a coach? Is it the same mentality that you have as a player? Or since you know that the players need that type of mentality, are you nurturing a different space for these kind of players? Are you kind of scoping their mindset to know what to yeah. expect? Um, every player is different. Right. But how do you instill that type of... Every, every player that I've coached since that time, because before that, you know, like I said, I was young and in the coaching and just kind of ever since that time in that mindset, I always, always tell them, especially with, you know, being in the high school game for 23 years, one of the first things I tell my teams coming out of the box, coming out of the locker room, before we ever leave, before we step foot anywhere on the field, my job is not to make you a better player where you are. My job is not to make you a better high school player. My job is not to make you a better club player. My job is to make you a better player on a higher level. Mm, he's talking right to you, Paulo. This guy is about <laughs> to do his... Um, he's coaching at Bishop McGinnis' first uh, high school season as a head Sweet. coach for the yeah. boys. Awesome. So awesome. He's talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. talking so to you. The, so the, uh, the, the, the whole thing I tell him is my whole, my whole goal is, like I said, players can play. They mm -hmm. know how to play the game. Now, they different levels, of, but they know how to play the game, right? It's, it's like, I'm going to take your mindset, and I'm going to push you. I'm going to treat you as a player with a mindset of where you want to go mm -hmm. or where I expect you to go. I'm not going to coach you for a mindset of where you are. Your mindset, it's a, I call it the championship mentality, a higher level thinking. Right, and that can kind you're of, keeping the end game in mind. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah. I mean, for those that you know, not everybody is going to go play in college, or nor do they want to. But I'm going to make sure that you understand the higher level thinking it takes and it's required at that level and higher. Mm -hmm. I coached my high school teams, and I'll tell you, some players did not like it. Give me some of the high schools that you've coached, real quick. Okay, um, first job. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> way back, <laughs> way back, first job was. Uh, Choctaw High School. Choctaw, okay. First job. Um, first head coaching job. I was assistant coach um, since 96. Four years later, I was the head coach at Choctaw. Have you seen how Choctaw looks now? They yeah. Have stadium, yeah. turf. Choctaw yeah. is nice. Yeah, they, they have they a have good facility now. They have a really nice facility. Their turf is really nice, yeah. They're a top football football team. Yeah. That's probably why. Yeah. That's exactly why. Yeah. yeah. But it's they've done, they've done well. They've done well. They've grown as the athletic department overall as well they've done really well nice um so so choctaw was the first one and it was funny because i know the the head coach that's there now and he goes when i told him that that a year or two ago he goes i didn't know you coach i said go pull those he, so he started digging through your book out. he goes he goes look what i found and it was a picture uh -huh. of, of me and my team like back in the what is that 90, room and then, 95 96 oh, no, no 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 before that you, no it was 2000 2000 okay yeah yeah yeah, it was, oh, it was 2000. 12, 12 years. Yeah, it's 2000. Nice. Yeah, because I 96 is when I started coaching coaching as an assistant. Then four years later, I got the head coaching job. Nice um, at Choctaw. So I was there, and then I ended up at uh, ended up with the stand at Bethany High School mm -hmm. um, with the boys. Um, I the second year there, we started the girls program like 
I built, I started the girls program from scratch. I had coached the girls the very first year. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I went down, I say I went to, I was at Chickasha for four years. I was at Capitol Hill for four years. First state championship, uh, uh, opportunity for any of the uh, Southside schools. Was that Capitol Hill? Yeah, Capitol Hill, two thousand six. Big deal. It was the it was, it, was, it was the first time that uh, any Oklahoma City school has ever been to the state championship in soccer. Two thousand six. Yeah, that was a long. That was uh, I was a freshman in two thousand and six. Yeah, you were at yeah we were at Dove. I was at Dove. Yeah, yeah and we didn't yeah. have a team, but I. I knew a lot Should of the players. Capitol Hill. I, that's where I would have ended up. If I would have went to the public school system, I would have ended up there. Uh, man, and that team had so much yeah. raw talent. But yeah. let, don't let me describe the team. Tell me about that uh, yeah. Capitol Hill team that you had. Yeah, it was uh, it was really so. My first year went in. I came in. Um, there's a funny story on how, how it happened. I was actually in between jobs. I was actually a teacher at Moore. And back when they were doing all the teacher layoffs and riffs, mm-hmm. so I was one of the newest ones in at Moore, and I was teaching at a PE at an elementary school, and I ended up getting rift, you know, yeah. not, not not able to go back. So I was in a kind of a dead period, mm-hmm. and so when school started the next year, I just started subbing. So I was subbing. It was, I'm going to say probably. September, October, probably October ish of the fall of 05. Mm-hmm. And I, that's roughly the time frame. And so I was just subbing one day there at Capitol Hill and um, Miguel Ramos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Miguel comes running by. In Chango? Down, yeah, in Chango. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, so yeah, Miguel. Chongo might have been with him. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But I think Chongo might have been with him. But Miguel was just running down the hall, right? And I'm sitting in the, the class at the desk, and he runs by. And I see him do this and look at. He'd see him do this, kind of turn his head and look at me, and he keeps going. I see him stop. He comes. <laughs> he comes back. He looks at me again. Well, he recognized mm-hmm. me because I played on the semi pro team uh-huh. down at the ISA, and I was down there all the time. I ref some games. Did I you play, ever see somebody? I played, I played all the time. <laughs> you ever see somebody in the streets and just say? Oh, that guy's wearing sambas. He must be a soccer player. That's probably what it is. That guy? Yeah, that's the guy. But so so anyway, he like just turned and just walked into my room, uh, into the room I was in. I was mm-hmm. subbing in. And he goes, hey. He pointed out. <laughs> You're that guy. I, I'm going like, he could say, you know, and I'm like, okay, Uh-oh. okay. He Uh-oh. knows me. <laughs> uh-huh. And so yeah, he goes, he goes, we need a coach. Uh-huh. I like, what? I said, no, no, you get to, no, no. You need a. We need a coach. You need to coach us. I'm like, well, I'm just a sub. I don't work here, and you know, I just sub. And he goes, he goes, hold on a minute. And he ran out the room. I'm like, okay, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and then about ten minutes later, he comes back, says, hey, our AD said come see him after school. Yeah, you're gonna be our coach. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and I said, uh, okay, mm-hmm. I will be the coach. <laughs> and so, so then, so then, mm-hmm. so actually, that was. The, okay, get the timeline right. That was the October of 04. The fall of 04, right? well, rolling into 04, the spring season yeah, of 05. Right. So the first year in 05, the first year in 05, we, uh, we got out, you know, you know, and very, very talented. And I told the boys, I said, guys, we are not doing one thing offensively 
attack-minded in practice. They all looked at me. I said, you guys know how to, you guys know when you get the ball, you know what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about it. We're not, you guys all want to go and you're going to go. Yeah. I said, but we're going to spend time defensively and we're going to work on your shape. We're going to work on your defensive responsibility. And if you guys do that, you get the ball, man. You just do your thing. Mm-hmm. And we did. This is when you implemented so, the diamond. Yeah, well, <laughs> you remember that. I remember him. You coached me. I remember the diamond. That. that was yeah. probably the first, because uh, at the time, um, you were probably my second competitive club coach. Um, but you were probably the first one that sat us down, put up a whiteboard, threw the lineup, and then showed us the diamond and how yeah. if the ball's over here, we shift this way and it becomes a square. Yeah. And all that jazz. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, so that first year, mm-hmm. we went seven and five you know five yes yes went seven and five you know okay year not bad not bad no made the playoffs and not bad um so the next year and i I talked to him i told him i said i said the mindset and the mentality we go at this is championship mindset and so we spent that whole first year working on that defensive discipline that defensive shape and the mindset and what it takes. And anytime somebody did something out of line or not within what we wanted, they paid. Mm. And there, you could see that mindset getting tougher and tougher. Never believe well, it. The second year, the second year we go 16 and two and play for a state championship. Oh, six. Who, who were the, some of the leaders and seniors that you leaned on at that time? Um, Do you remember any of them? Yeah. Jaime Perez. You know Jaime, right? He does the futsal stuff. Yeah, little, yeah. And Arenas? Yeah. Yeah, Jaime Perez, Victor Martinez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the Piñas. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Both of the brothers. Yeah, Piña brothers. A... And, then, and then there was Miguel and his brother, mm-hmm. Israel, Snake, mm-hmm. little Snake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cobra. <laughs> yeah, Cobra. Cobra, you know Cobra? Cobra. Cobra. Yeah. Cobra was there, yeah. Cobra was there. Man, I'm telling you, man. Freshman Benny? Was freshman Benny on that team? Yes. Benny? Benny, Benny is a freshman at the time. Stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had Pepe later. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then, of course, Chongo and mm-hmm. uh, Luis. A lot of those guys ended up yeah. playing at MacU. Yeah. That's yeah. where I ended up playing at, too. So Yeah. I know yes. a lot of those guys from futsal. We play them in futsal. They're still yeah. playing now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can take a player out of the field, but you can't take the, yeah. the baller but out all of those, the play. All, all those guys that first year were 7-5. and five. But the mentality and the discipline and, and the way they approach the game, exactly what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. is that mindset. They were just as good as anybody they played. Well, so that 2006 year when we go to the state championship, at the beginning of the year, I brought them in. I said, boys, I said, we're going to go play. They go, okay. I said, no, 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 boys, you don't understand. We're going to go play. Mm. We went to Tulsa. And we played against uh, we played against the top teams in Tulsa. Went to Bishop Kelly tournament in the preseason. It was the Bishop Kelly or Wasso or Union, one of those. Went to one of those Tulsa tournaments. Actually, then, Booker T. I mean, there's there's plenty <laughs> actually, of them. I think, Jenks, actually, actually, I think it was Katusa, mm-hmm. and Katusa was one of the best teams. And they brought in about five or six other best teams, and we went in and played, and we beat everybody. Mm. So. The Made a wor- statement. By the time before we got home, the word had already spread that 
Capitol Hill was nothing to be no. nothing to be uh, <laughs> taken lightly. And the newspaper and, for and so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah and, so, and so what happened? News. What happened before we played our first game? All of a sudden, we're just a team from the South Side. Mm-hmm. We're just a team from South Side, and we could have stayed here locally, and we could have just played anybody and party, beat the brakes off a bunch of people. But we went to Tulsa because I told us we, we want to get challenged. We got to go to Tulsa. Not only did we go to Tulsa, we went to Tulsa and we cleaned house. There you go. We come back, preseason rankings number one in the state. Nice. We were seven and five the year before because we went to Tulsa and beat who we beat, set the tone for the whole season. And then when, when they got that, man, you just saw the mindset yeah. and the intensity in practice. And there was no way that any of those guys, those seniors, were going to let anybody mess it up. in practice mess that up mm-hmm. and and rode it all the way. Dang, to the state finals. Yep. Who'd you guys play in the finals? Bishop Kelly. Kelly. What's, what's the thing about these Tulsa teams? What's different from – I don't want to say that there's anything different, but there's obviously something in the water, <laughs> you know, um, because those Tulsa teams always seem to be top. It's is it the club that po- they have population. down there? Population. Population. You know, if you go into a room of five thousand kids, like Broken Arrow, mm-hmm. and their tryouts, if you're a freshman or sophomore, they cut you immediately. If you're mm-hmm. not a junior or senior, you don't make the team. Mm. That happens. Because they have 200, 300 kids come to tryouts. Yeah. So if you're a freshman or sophomore, you get cut immediately. Mm. We'll see you your junior year. And that, that happens. Yeah. Um, so when you have that ability and you can put 15 seniors on your team every single year, you're playing all, not only are they good, but you're putting all that experience on the field at the same time, and that same type of experience is there year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a population thing. It's a population within the school size and the school itself, and it's a population within the club scene around it, mm-hmm. right? Because think about it. Think about over here, you know, if you take the best of Oklahoma City and the best of Tulsa, we compete, right? Mm-hmm. But they have more depth because they're they're more compact. Everything's in everybody's central. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of outlying area. Like we have here, we have a lot of outlying areas that are 30, 40, 50, even 60 miles mm. out from the city, mm-hmm. right? More rural areas. Yeah. In Tulsa, there's not very many rural areas. There's some big, <laughs> they're big, more, big, big schools too. They're more suburbs than they are rural. There are a few rural rural areas but they're more suburb than rural the -hmm. west side is more rural than suburb does that make sense so so that's that that plays into it a little bit Mm -hmm. huh well i mean it's because those tulsa teams don't play and same teams bishop kelly still killing it same ones man (laughs) last year both boys and girls programs yeah yeah man kudos to those guys out there you know private school gets a choice you know yeah. and, and, and get the choice I, i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm saying they get they get to uh parents get to choose if their kids are going to go to that school or not because mm-hmm. of, of a private situation so there's a little bit of difference on that yeah, for some sure. of those kids for are sure. probably already well, playing I, well, I guess not because there's a the new law now yeah <laughs> yeah sure so we'll so, so we'll see how that how that all shakes up because that'll be interesting yeah because with the potential 
where schools have to state how many openings they have, how many spots they have available in their district. Uh, um, so it'll be interesting on how that all comes about. Yeah. Because, you know, there's athletic departments and people that are going to be trying to do anything they can. To get the best players out there. Yeah. Hmm. And so the, after that season at Capitol Hill, you did two more years, and then eventually you stepped up into the college game. College coach, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, at Capitol Hill, I went to Chickasha for four years. Mm-hmm. And while I was at Chickasha, I ended up, I got a phone call about helping at Southwestern Christian okay. on the women's side, more more on a recruiting kind of basis. And uh, in as an assistant kind of a recruiting um, is more what I, more what my responsibility was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it grew into more uh, after that. This is but now, I, but I, I was still, it was always around high school and coaching uh, and high school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a secondary thing that I chose to, you know, take part in and make time for. Still try to keep, keep your nose in the soccer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's this is my way of keeping my nose in the soccer is just talking yeah. about it on a podcast. So yeah, I go. definitely <laughs> feel you. Wow, that's just quite a journey. And now you are the president, vice president, vice president for yeah. the futsal the yeah. USS U- USA Futsal Federation. Nice. Okay. Um, little different. That there's there's a couple little differences. So everybody knows what most everybody knows the game of futsal that they play is FIFA five. Mm-hmm. Okay. With USA Futsal Federation, it's a little different. And I say a little different. The game's the same. There's a little bit of rule the little bit of rules difference. Um, it's it's it is its own recognized uh, governing body, just like FIFA is. The the AMF Association Mundial de Futsal mm-hmm. out of out of uh, South America and Paraguay is is where the headquarters are. Um, they, we, the USA Futsal Federation is an official recognized federation from the AMF. Nice, nice. And so if you look at the FIFA 5 versus AMF, there's about 12 or 13 minor rule differences. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest and easiest one to see the difference is when the ball goes out, FIFA 5, you kick in, AMF, throw it's a throw-in. Mm. And so... You know that's that's uh, that's some of the little differences and stuff. <clears throat> and so, and the other side of it is, we have a complete platform from playing, coaching, refereeing, uh, from grassroots to international. Hmm. Um, you know, we just had our category fifteen boys, which I think I've talked to you about a little mm-hmm. bit before in the past. Our category fifteen boys uh, national team just got back from Paraguay competing in the World Cup. Our group was. Paraguay, Uruguay, Ecuador, and uh, the last the, thir- the last one was Colombia. How do we do? And we we actually we actually got to the third pool game against Uruguay, and we win that. We go to the quarterfinals. We finished ninth in the world. Wow, ninth Oof. in the world, and. If we would have beat Uruguay, we had the lead on them. We would have beat Uruguay. We would have made the, the top eight. We made the quarterfinal knockout stages. Oof, that's big. And so, uh, so, and we sent in 2019. We sent the, the men's national, the USA Futsal Federation men's national team, went to Argentina, and competed. 
uh, yeah. and had a good showing. Did I think well. I've seen your repost some of those right, stats right, in one. Right. Well, and the other thing is we have a, uh, our men's national team gets selected straight from our professional league. Okay. And we have six six professional teams that are kind of West Coast based, coming and it's growing, and it's coming closer and closer to the Midwest. Um, we've got we've got two two teams in California, two teams in, two. It might be three teams in California, a team in uh, Arizona, and two teams in Mexico, hmm. New Mexico. And, uh, and um, there's more expansion, more teams in, the, in this area in the Midwest that are looking at adding in the next year or two. Nice. And so That's the exciting. professional futsal game under, under the uh, USA Futsal Federation is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger, and opportunities are coming like crazy. Wow. And so I, talk, and, uh, I mentioned to you before about, you know, those opportunities and yeah. creating those opportunities. Yeah, yeah. As, as vice president, um, I'm also kind of overseeing the national team programs, and the youth national team, the senior men's and women's national teams. Um, like next <coughs> year, the C17s will be will be putting a team together for that, hmm. and so we'll be out scouting. We'll be having combines for those. Um, I know in the pool right now. From Oklahoma, we have about seven kids from Oklahoma um, with about, there's probably about four right now from the South Side mm-hmm. that are in that pool. Wow. And I, we know there's a lot more talent. Oh, and, and we And we need to, we need to get, get more. We, we want to make our pool as, as rich, as, as and, rich and as depth as, as we can. And we know we have more talent out there. We need to continue to look at that. We have combines set up, or we have combines that are looking at being uh, set up for for this uh, 2022 uh, coming year. We're going to we're looking at uh, having one in Vegas, Dallas, um, uh, maybe having one in uh, uh, either like Chicago. And there there may be another one. Yeah. But then we're also looking in this area. There might be one here or Tulsa or or uh, Kansas, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in this area where it's easy for guys from here to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and one thing is, is all they need to do is kind of, you know, reach out, you know, shoot me an email. We can come out and watch Scout or we can we can see like like we do. We do some scouting from one of our local leagues, too, with Mm -hmm. uh, Nutmeg that we host. Mm -hmm. um, we have a we have a league that has forty teams in it right now, wow. and our our C twenty division, which is high school age and older, you know, category twenty would be the twenty year old and younger, and we've got a, almost twenty teams in just the men's the boys side alone, Yikes. and and the level is crazy. <coughs> is the level a, is nuts. Is there another league above that, like above the the high school above that? Yeah, yeah, the men's, yes, absolutely. Um, we haven't put that together yet, but mm-hmm. we're working on it. We, we, want, we want to host a men's league, mm-hmm. um, and that's the plan. That plan, we're looking to put that together and go from there. And then, like, as, as some of our – if there's anybody interested in professional trials and those kind of things, we want to make sure that, that we can uh, contact those teams that are in our league mm-hmm. and we can, you know, help – try to set up a trial Um, a lot of them are having open tryouts Um, the season's getting ready to start and uh, and it's gonna I think it'll go through like June Mm -hmm. so it's kind of uh, February March through like June ish like the the championships are I think in June Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's uh, you know it's usually like once 
once a week, once a week type deal, usually. It's exciting to hear Damn. considering how popular futsal has been getting. Yeah. And I, I, there's people playing futsal all over the place now with the yep. 16 futsal courts that got built in the city, some in schools, some out of schools. We have one downtown. We have a double court here at um, near the Matt Hoffman Park. So it's definitely yeah. all going in the right those, direction. Those, those things that are being put across the city are amazing for those pickup games just to yes. get out and mess around. That's, that's awesome. We've hosted a few tournaments and just the turnout of the people that come out and just yeah. they're looking for an excuse to play. So it's exciting to hear that. Yeah. Well, I know, I know. Like you, know, you asked about the men's, uh, you know, we're looking at adding with uh, with Nutmeg. We're looking at adding uh, men's a men's men's division, women's division, and then just like we did with the boys, the C twenty boys. I mean, we were thinking, okay, yeah, we'll get you know, we might have two divisions, or we might have six or eight teams. That thing exploded to almost twenty teams, and wow. we're, we're sitting in like four, four or five divisions. Um, we, I think we end up having, we, I think we end up with sixteen boys teams, hmm. and all, and the level is nuts. It's crazy, and it's so fun to watch. I bet. I mean, I'll tell you right now, there's, there's probably. I know that some of our the president of the federation has come in and watched because he heard about the level of the talent that we have here playing here locally mm -hmm. um, in that age group because that is our 15s, that is our 17s, that is our 20s, that is our national teams. And those that are older than that, that have that desire to play, we can do our best to try to get them hooked up and uh, with some of the professional teams, and it, maybe if it's not this year, but we get them in, we get them in the list, we get them and get them playing in our leagues, and they start getting identified, then we can start pushing them when it's time to start going to these different tryouts mm. and these trials that these teams, these pro teams have, and then if a pro team happens to be in you know Dallas or Kansas or or Oklahoma or you know wherever or Arkansas or you know in this area, then it's easier to take some work. It's, it's easy to send some of our. Oklahoma guys that are, are really really interested in doing something on a professional level yeah, like yeah. that and so it's a like I said it's a growing thing and it's getting big and always uh, always looking for different uh, different opportunities and things like that and providing those opportunities yeah that's really that's that's amazing how holistically you have the lead that brings on players and then you probably have some grassroots programs to introduce players yep. to futsal and then on top of that you're selecting the best of the best too take their game to the next level right. internationally and then also like you had said also providing them enabling them to switch go yeah. somewhere else just that's that's right well awesome. and that's and that's the whole thing is is everything that from the usa futsal federation um and 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 what we do here inside the usa you know like i said we're we're california we're we're from the the, the west, west coast, coast all the way to the midwest we've got um We've got stuff going up in the, that's beginning to be Northeast. kind of put together in the Northeast, up in New York, and and kind of down the coast, and so it's 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 growing, it's getting bigger and bigger, and and the one of the things is 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 that, you know, I I would envision us. I to mention those those spots that we're having these trials, these ID camps. Mm -hmm. Well, these things, these ID trials and camps for to try to select players for the national pool. Well, we're creating and that doing that same thing up in the Northeast where we're, we're well, I would expect we'll probably have uh, some kind of a trial up in that Northeastern area as well. Because going into the C-15s this year, we had a pool of about 12 to 15 players. We had another 10 that went to Paraguay, 10 to 12 that went to Paraguay. 
So we're looking at a pool of about 20-something players just in the 15s. Well, most of those 15s will be moving into the 17 program. And one of the things we do with our with, with the youth national team program with the USA Futsal Federation mm-hmm. under AMF is if you get selected to be in the national pool for whichever category, the youngest is C13, so 12 and 13-year-old. If there's an 11-year-old that's a stud that can handle that 12 and 13-year-old in the, in the game of futsal, mm-hmm. then he'd be eligible. There is no restriction. Hmm. Um, but – 13 years old, so category 13, they call it C13. So category 13 means 13 years old and younger. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's actual age, not under like soccer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, U11, well, you got to be 10. Yeah. If if category is category 13, it means you're 13, you're 15, you're 17, you're 20. Makes a little bit more sense that way. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, But so. The whole thing is if, if you if you ever get in and you're invited in and you get selected for the national pool for that age group, with the USA Football Hunt, you are in the national team program. Mm-hmm. You're, you're never out of it until you decide you're out of it. Hmm. What does that mean? That, 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 because then, from when you're talking about a youth national team perspective, you're talking about a development. Yeah. You know? Because think about this. Where's our, in two years' time, where's our kids – going to be fielding and filling up these nat- these uh, professional futsal rosters. Where are they coming from? From your program. They're coming from the Youth National Pool program. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And anybody we see, we put them into that national pool with their 13s, 15s, 17s, whichever category, and we use that. It's also part of a development process for them. By the time they get, they may never see a World Cup. But they may be able to attend friendlies, international friendlies, things like that. But through that process, by the time they get out of that, mm-hmm. if they stay in it, by the time they get out of it, mm. they'll, be prim- they'll be primed and ready to go fill these rosters on these pro teams that pop up. Yeah, not only that. And but not only that, but then you, you, if you make the pro team, you get on one of the pro teams in the league, now you just presented yourself an opportunity to get into the men's team the men's senior team, which is selected strictly from the pro league. Yeah. It's, it's the senior teams are selected from the pro league. So if that's, that's the way it is, well then as a youth program, we've got to make sure we're developing those players to make sure they're ready to go play and compete at an international level at their age category, but then also be ready to go play in a professional environment when the time comes, Hmm. when it's deemed that they're ready. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it makes total so, sense. So I talked to you about, I said that, I said from the USA Football Federation, it is, it's coach-centric from grassroots to international, referee-centric from grassroots to international, player-centric. It has a complete program just like FIFA does for soccer. Mm-hmm. There's a complete program to go for anybody that wants to go as far as, it was, as they want to go. Wow. And that's, that's where we are. <clears throat> I definitely want to get a team in that league. Do you? Yeah. He thinks he has a really good indoor team. Oh, I so he know. says, I haven't seen him. No, I know <laughs> he, he says do. that no, indoor, no league wants to take his team just because they're they too don't. busy wiping everybody out. They really don't. Like Sports House, they, they, always, they don't hit me back up no hey, more. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll put a league, help us put a league together. We'll put it together and we'll, we'll get it going February, March time. Uh, perfect. Because all the boys like, the, we're always wanting to. Four teams is perfect. Anything more than that is better. 
yeah. and we'll put it together. We'll, and we'll have, I'm telling you, you need to come out. You guys need to come out and watch one of our league matches with our with our C20 boys. We will. And you'll probably know some of them you recognize because yeah. Grant's there and uh, Putnam City's there. And I mean, it the level is crazy. Really we, uh, yeah. Sounds exciting. We had the experience to be able to when I was helping out Southeast. Um, they had the. Big, By the way, I tried to get a hold of them. I, don't, I never know how to get all that coach. I was going to ha- invite them to have them come out. Uh, Southeast, yeah. I I don't know how their thing is set up right now, but <laughs> yeah, we. But he'll he'll plug you through. He knows. I will. I will. Um, yeah. As well as Bishop McGinnis too. Yeah. We had a sports house right mm-hmm. down the street. Yeah. They had like their big futsal thing. Right. I mean, they had this team from Dallas come down, and they were insane. They were like kids in high school doing some crazy things and yeah. i mean it, the, the level of like style that they played was just a little bit more better than what w- we could give you know yeah. but they but actually southeast actually did end up beating them um because they pulled out all the stops yeah. like they yeah. were losing they subbed off their keeper and put in a field player and now I, I, to me i was like what in the world but that's just as another attack yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's and, that, and that's and that's 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 good i mean it's, it's good that's one of the little differences yeah with some of the rules, like yeah. I said, there's little difference, little differences in the FIFA Five yeah. game versus the AMF game, mm-hmm. and that's one of the differences is that the keeper, he plays, but just like outdoor, he's restricted on some things that he can do, that's, which, that's which, which, ma- which makes the players have to play, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so just a simple, just mm-hmm. another simple one. You think about the goalkeeper in FIFA Five mm-hmm. distribution. What's what can you do? So from from the different leagues that we played at, mm-hmm. some of them we've we've excelled really good at because I love because I'm a keeper myself yeah. and, I, and I love to play with my feet. Yeah. But um, and some leagues we're able to just like play, play, play with my feet, and I play mm-hmm. this side, play that side, yeah. and then we just draw them out. Right. And then once they're drawn out, I can just flick over the top, and then someone just goes and. Right. score but in other league i can only touch the ball once um yeah. i don't remember what which league that one was but yeah. i can only receive the ball once and then give it away one and touch or just just yeah. one no i mean like i mean yeah, i could, yeah, yeah. I could but it's just like okay. i can only so get it back he's once. he's making a good point in fifa five he can play like a field player with his feet and they can just like in soccer they mm-hmm. can drop it back to you you can play the game you can do whatever and mm-hmm. and also in your hands you can throw it the length of the court correct AMF, what you're you're describing, when that ball gets played to you from your teammate, you can play with your feet one time, just once, until the other team touches it. Otherwise, your players got to play. Yeah, mm. they can't use you as a scapegoat to get out. They got to play until they, somebody they, else they, touches they, it. They have to work until the other team touches it, or yeah, until they, or you pass half court, you turn the ball over. It adds more. Because like, when we were playing like that, I'm telling you, when we were playing uh, like that, where they could play with me so much, it, we were winning games. Reminds like, me yeah. of when I used yeah. to play a hat it, trick, it and they passed it a the little bit more difficult. Yeah. Players got to learn how to play out of the game. But what me let me give you this instance of what it does. It forces your players to have to move. Yep. Yeah. If they can play back to you because you're never marked. They're in a safe zone. Yep. But if they've already used you as a keeper, then, they have to. then they're going to have to move, right? Yep. So what's the best thing for the game of soccer? Not to pass the game. We'll just well, keep well, moving. Well, when you pass, you're told to what? To move. Move. move yeah. Right? So it fits the game. That rule fits the game better. Yep. The other difference with the goalkeeper is when you throw the ball mm-hmm. and you can throw it the length of the court. Easy. I've seen some games. Keepers are playing catch. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, this is another one of those little rule differences. Yeah. AMF, 
you can distribute the ball, but it's got to hit your half of the field before yeah. it goes. That's 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 the most recent one we played with that one. Uh-huh. Um, but like I said at the beginning, when there I was a scapegoat, we win games like no, I can 20, imagine. 26 to I can like imagine. three. You're yeah. throwing it down yeah. in the corner. Yeah. That guy just went touching it in, and yeah. the other guy's just waiting to tap. That yeah, one in. but yeah. now now it's just like like 14 to one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we sh- yeah. we want to get into a super competitive league. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, like uh, the names that you were just saying, like Chango and them. Yeah. We played them back in like 2018, uh, and we played squads like that that were just together and hadn't played with each other forever. Mm-hmm. And then we were beating them like that. And then we moved to Jaime's league, and then we won there. And then it was just constant. We would just win, win, win. And then now we're just like we this need. Guy. I'm being so serious. And I'm, I'm always like, I'm always like, we need to get well, more teams because like it's just yeah. like it's not even fun anymore. You're just winning right. games and yeah. you're just basically not yeah. doing anything. We want well, competition. Well, if you think about it, and if you watch, you you can. I'm you being can, so serious. You can get on. I know you are. I can see. <laughs> you can get on get on YouTube uh-huh. and look up um, C15 AMF World Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, and you can see some of the World Cup games that were played. And then you can see other AMF World Cup. You can see the C-13 World Cup. Mm-hmm. You can see the men's 2019 Argentina World Cup. Um, but and you can see that game, and you can see kind of how it's played, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, and just like anything else, you'll in AMF, they have their certain referee attire they have to wear. Yep. Just like in FIFA, they got to wear a certain thing. Hmm. You know, so there's just there's little differences. The game is similar, but, but there's there's little there's, differences. There's, there's little, little differences. I like and for the long run or to better the game, better yep. the players. It's yep. it's for a purpose. You're not just right. doing those little changes. Right. For what no where you could tell when a player is skilled with their feet or not? Yeah. Like in in an outdoor field, you could you could hide that all day because uh, you could take one good touch and then just cross it. Yeah. And futsal, you have to take a good touch and make sure that that ball stays there because if it like if it gets a centimeter away from you, somebody's yeah. already poking it. Well, Wait. let's let the vice president tell me about why it's important for our players nowadays to be playing futsal. How do those skills in futsal benefit us for the well, outdoor game? One of the one of the best things that I always that I've always said, and and it's a true testament. It's the best game for the players at a youth level, mm-hmm. especially those that don't have all the skill, all mm-hmm. the tools. Because by the time they get done playing at the end of the season, when they go back to outdoor, it's like it's a whole new team. Yeah. And you haven't done anything other than made them play the game of futsal. Because if they try to play futsal the way you play outdoor, you can't do <laughs> no, it. You can no get away way. with things you in outdoor. Can't, you can't do it. No way. Because... And so it forces those players that may not have the best touch or the best skill. Well, guess what? They have to trap a ball. Yeah. They don't have a choice or it's rolling out of bounds every five seconds. They got to learn how to move off the ball. And, and the movement and those kind of things. So from a development perspective for the younger ages, it is awesome for mm-hmm. them, for the, the transition to that outdoor game. Because, again – think about it and, and we'll talk more as you guys come out and watch some mm-hmm. of the games but when when you watch those games and how fast they are and how how incredibly fast they are and how good those players are but those fast even even the players that aren't the most skilled but the game is still pretty fast for mm-hmm. them Mm-hmm. Then they go outdoor. The game slows down so yeah, much. So much the, time. The, the speed of the processing of their mind 
and all the touch and the trapping and the stuff that they got to do with the ball mm-hmm. in the game of futsal. When they go outdoor, they if they can if they even begin to do it in the game of futsal, when they go outdoor, think about all that extra time they yeah. have to make sure they get that touch right. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, and I say that because like with my team, one of the teams I coached a couple of years ago, not a bad team, wasn't the great the best skill wise at the beginning. We went and played futsal, came out the other side in the spring. It was like I saw a whole different team. Mm. It was crazy, and we went on to win several games in the spring. Um, and so yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a great tool. Dear. It's a great tool. But then, even for those players that are a high level, think about this: a high level soccer player that is that good. Think of, and I talk, we talk about opportunities as nutmeg for players that play in our league. They get they get scouted from the national team staff. National team staff comes in. We we call them up. Say, hey, come watch some of our games. Just like we asked you guys, mm-hmm. come watch some of our games. Come check it out. They'll come. The president of the federation will come. He's come in once, twice already this year. He's going to come back again probably for our playoffs. And then, and then our, our director of national te- the youth national teams, you know, he'll be there. He'll come in. Um, and so they're scouting. And, and if there's somebody we see, you know, being myself or the national team staff or, or anybody, you know, we'll tell them, say, hey, come on, you need to look at this kid or we need to see about having this kid come to the next camp. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of it that comes from our leagues that we host, not just here, but the leagues that we host in other states. You know, so those states get the same type of thing, and that's how we're growing, and that's how we're getting bigger because it's a development mindset yeah. at a high, high level. Because I'll tell you, right, there's not one kid in our national pool program that's even gotten a sniff at the outdoor opportunity yeah Mm. so think about that how Mm -hmm. many good players are there but how many opportunities do they have to go play internationally yeah there's at least an opportunity and a pathway for them to get that opportunity at least that chance to go take it like we talked about at the beginning Mm -hmm. right if they get the chance it's up to them to go take it Mm -hmm. but we can provide the opportunity for those kids that are at that level yeah that get noticed Yep. They're not getting noticed if they're not playing in one of our leagues in the, under the federation. You know, here in Oklahoma, it's, it's us, right? Because, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, there's a lot of futsal going on, but the federation is obviously with, our, that, yeah. with their leagues, that right? Yeah. And, and, and talking to guys like you yeah. that want something for your men's team, well, we'll work with you. Yeah. Help us get three or four teams together. Let's get them all. Let's put them in and let's get after it. Yeah. You know? Because, because – just like you said that you have a really, really good team, you also know where these other players are we can create a league with that's going to mm-hmm. be really, really good. And all of a sudden we start seeing people, we start making phone calls to some of these pro teams, say, hey, we got some, kids, we got some guys here that I think, you know, at yeah. some point you need to pay attention to. There are. like there, I know, like, I mean, the rambling that I just went off on you about us being really good – we use that at Western all the time. Like, ah, oh, man, we have this futsal thing, this team, and mm-hmm. we always look for competition, and we always find, like, guys from France and, you know, Europe and stuff, and they're like, man, we need to make a team because that's all we do over there, like, in France. Like, AD, the streets, yeah. AD mm-hmm. plays at uh, USAO, 
and he's like, man, and France, that's all we did, futsal, futsal, futsal. And you can definitely tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. At Western, you can't because like the yeah, field is you, so crap. The field isn't gonna allow you to do it. But when he, like when we watched him play against Mid America, like on that flat surface, his touch was just, and you can yep. just tell when somebody's gifted in the futsal mm-hmm. league. Yeah. And it's perfect what he's saying because it's very helps you develop like your assets as a player and then see where your weaknesses are because like me personally as a keeper when i played outdoor um i noticed that like i would watch the films of how i got scored on i noticed that i would go down super fast like like i would kind of like expect the shot to be a certain way Mm -hmm. and then it'd be a different way like sometimes you expect a super hard shot and then he'd shank it and then it just like trickle in yeah and in futsal when we played that um at the beginning i would do the same thing and then i just kind of consistently started to like focus on that and it helped me because like in futsal it's the same thing people just take it down one side pass it to the other way and then the guy just puts it in in. yeah so then you 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 learn to stay on your feet read the game and then like because sometimes they'll pass this way and then pass back so it's Mm -hmm. not like dive because they'll be fake like, a pass and slot it first post yeah so it X. definitely helps you like train mentally on on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong so it's definitely very fundamental game I um agree. it helps super it helps a lot and there's this kid especially when it comes to the fut- futsal um his name is jose bautista plays mm-hmm. at southeast he plays in the futsal um like area like yeah. that's where he that's where he like generally uh plays his game and you can see when he plays like in the high school level that like he's talking about when he brings it down he brings it down so calmly has time whips it out wide and it's just insane yeah Man. yeah well and there's something else that we can talk about and they may work together and help and put some different teams together yeah. too is is that in the end of july mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at having our national championships and so you know we can talk more about kind of Putting putting some squads together, putting some teams together, and go to go to nationals and compete in nationals and those kind of things. So that's something that we definitely looked into as well uh, when we were like three years, four years into it. We were like, man, we should just go play somewhere else. And we like looked yeah. online, and they were like, oh, Las Vegas has this big tournament there's where no you go out. Magic for adults or what? And I, and I was like, man, this is. <laughs> I was like, there's no nobody wants to play anymore. So we like looked yeah. at different states and we're like, man, let's go, let's do this. And they have like these like futsal like big tournaments and i was like man maybe we could do that but then we didn't want to risk it yeah so now that the opportunity is coming here yeah, yeah. now it's like now you have that like it's not a risk anymore because it's like no, right here it's, here, it's right. Like right in your backyard and, and like i said you know we can talk yeah for sure air later about kind for of sure. the national championships and uh, we can help uh put some groups together from here to sure. attend and go and represent oklahoma that's what i was going to get into the possibilities are endless with this organization that you have with teams in the west coast now in the northeast and moving into the midwest once you get a league and in these few states what is stopping you from just playing the best from oklahoma to play against the best from socal against the best of north cal yep. against new mexico yep really that's that's ideally the structure and the process that we're working into mm-hmm. um the idea is because that right now kind of the idea is is the all of our pro teams in the cities they're at is that um we'll be working with them on finding either their reserve teams or youth teams under them uh, to to put into this national championship situation and so we'll be that'll be some ongoing talks that we're working with the commissioner of the league and the and the president myself and mm-hmm. and and getting getting that going um, I know with uh, with with our organization with the federation and with our local local organization nutmeg 
we uh, we're definitely going to be focused on taking at least one or two teams that have a men's team that wants to go under yeah. under our banner into the, into that. We definitely would definitely be uh, looking at you for that and talking with you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I'm telling you, man, it it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be an awesome time. It's exciting, just- man, because like some of the, like some of the, I mean, we would we would beat teams, but some of those like each team would have like one player where you'd be like, man, this guy. Like we used to play this guy named Maga. He's from Brazil. He played at SCU. This is the guy you told me that there was just nothing you can do. Dude, when I couldn't do anything. I could do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like he would just he would know how to play futsal because that's what he did growing up. He would just toe poke it to a certain spot where like I would stretch, reach, and then my hand would be there, and then the ball would still go inside the net, and I'd be like, "What? What is? What is this guy?" But what each is the team sorcery? had yeah. Each yeah. team had its own like little like player. Imagine having a team where like everyone like that is just picked up, and then it's just. Ah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I think we talked about the national pool and national team program. Part of my job, as the as the I was the former director of the youth national team youth national team programs, and now that vice president, it's under me. Part of my d- job is still recruiting and recommending players for the national team program, and those are the players that those are the players we're putting in the pool. Yeah, those players that when they get the ball, you don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. You have no idea what they're going to do with it because the one, our 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 C fifteens went to the went to Paraguay and they did a great job. They did a great job. I can think right now that if we had the opportunity to send one or two of those guys that we know with them, mm-hmm. which you know timing circumstances things like that happen, and they went and did a great job. And and I think that if you know we can our our whole deal is as a federation we want to take that group that finished ninth, and we want to be able to take that group and we want to add to it and continue to improve and get better and better. So when they go to the when when we go to the seventeens in Chile, in twenty two, then we'll have a good core group plus we'll be able to add some more of those players that when yeah. they get the ball you're like. You, you you don't know what he's what he's gonna do, mm-hmm. but you're just like you know praying, you Dude. know, and that's that's what we're <laughs> looking. Basically, what Paulo was and those, are, and those are the, those are the players that we're looking for. Yeah, there's different roles. Yeah, um, but those aren't the only players we're looking for. Yeah. we're looking for a lot. Like I said, we're looking to add some players from here. We're looking to add players from the other states where our pro teams are. We're looking to add players from the Northeast. You know, so there, you know, and and then obviously uh, we've got some connections in Illinois um, that we'll be looking into, and, and other places, and and we we know we, we know they're out there. It's just a matter of us to continue to grow and foster, and you know, continue to talk to you know guys like you yeah. that 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 have a connection that that know the players that that are like hey come look at this kid or come look at this guy or mm-hmm. this might be somebody in the future we might want to look at uh as one of the professionals at some point you know and so we want to we want to continue to do that we want to keep those 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 communication lines open mm-hmm. yeah and we want to continue to go because not only that but you know like you said you know getting that men's league together yeah getting that men's league to go once it goes there's no doubt it's going to explode, mm. but it's got to get started. Yeah, does that make sense? It it's got to get started on a, on a, on a high level, and then everything else can fall in behind. Yep, that was our that was our philosophy with what we do with our league. We had no expectations, just same mindset, no expectations. Mm-hmm. We're going to take three or four teams per division. We have one division. We have four divisions. We have twenty divisions. Doesn't matter. 
we ended up with over 40 teams. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm, I'm excited to get with you to to get that going because, like I said, I know for a fact there's a lot of, of futsal talent out there um, that's above that, you know, the, yep. the age where it's, like, super crucial, like 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17, 18, um, because it's, it's a definitely an exciting thing to do um, once you're, like, out of the college scene and, you yeah. know. Yeah, and if you uh, still have that passion and that burn oh, yeah. inside of you oh yeah it's 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 uh, having this foot so like you look forward to it you do it and then when you some of the goals that people score like this some of the goals that caleb and chewy and Tavo have scored uh it's just like me as a keeper i just watch it i'm just like man i love this game because i just watch it i'm just like in the <laughs> back a team like, like that yeah i just see imagine the players you're playing against they probably don't love it as much as you do yeah they probably don't love it but it's it's definitely a beauty and it's definitely really because um, when it comes to the, the keeping wise, um, whenever we're up by like a good amount, the team just starts like messing around, and yeah. that's what I don't like. But then like I get more like shots, more like stopping, and like the other teams like, hey dude, good job, and then my team's just like, dude, you, you suck, you know. You're trash. But like yeah. the other team, and then like you know the um, the people who like uh, futsal, they run that. They're like, dude, you're you're good. Da, da, da. So like hearing that from them and just having that ability to keep like i guess having that opportunity yeah it just it just keeps you like really wanting to keep playing you know what i'm saying um and if there's anything we can do to help yeah you just let us know uh we can repost of post information for sure that's what we're there for we definitely want you guys to come out to to one of our leagues we'll be there take some shots some video we will especially those uh c20 games man i'm telling you that it's we our first See, like last year during COVID, we didn't have it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but prior the year prior to that, we held we, we hold our leagues at Putnam City High School, mm-hmm. and we play in their gym, and it's it's amazing venue. I mean, we got we got bleacher seating. I mean, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. amazing, and it puts a kind of a stadium atmosphere into mm-hmm. the games, which is really cool. Which I know last year or the last year we com- competed, um, our C twenty final was in the stands was almost packed. It wow. was crazy. It was Chigashe versus Grant. Mm-hmm. And it was nuts because like two weeks prior, Chigashe had just beaten Grant. Actually, yeah, uh, Chigashe had just beaten Grant 1-0 about two weeks prior in, yeah. a, in a league match. And they ended up facing off again, facing off again in the final. And Chigashe jumped out, got on a 1-0. And then, and then, uh, uh, I don't know if you know Saeed from uh, Grant, played at Grant yeah. a couple of years ago. You know Saeed? I do. Yeah. So, you know, he's playing with Grant, and in the last three minutes, he just took off and just went and scored a goal with about two, three minutes left to tie it 1-1. Mm-hmm. And then with about, oh, I'm going to say about 20 seconds left, he buried it to win the championship. Oof. It was amazing. Goosebumps. The place was the place, the place was going nuts. I mean, like literally, the bleachers uh, where we were playing um, had about seven rows that came out mm-hmm. from the at the length of the floor. Yeah, because we're playing at a, at a PCO. Yeah, for that one we played at Cooper Middle School. Played okay. the final there. And the you know, so the bleachers come out, the link about seven, eight rows go all the way out, and then there's a second level, upper deck level, ah. and and the place was, it was wasn't packed, but it was pretty full, pretty and close. It got loud because I mean, 
Chickasha brought a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Grant had a lot of people. I mean, it was it was like a blast. Oh, I can't wait to go out there and record it. Dude, and some of those are insane, bro. Like when when Southeast played that uh, Dallas team, I can't forget what their name was. Um, sorry, I can't remember what their name was. Right. But they they tied at the thing, and they had to go to penalties. And penalties and foots are like. Those things are all oh, <laughs> dude. Those things close. are all they're close. They're they're insane. Because I mean, look at the size yeah, of the goal. Yeah, and yeah. well, like, in their in their close. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> right here. It's five six. So feet it, it's like it's like a free throw line away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. R- roughly, roughly three. Unless there, there's another mark that's a little bit further mm-hmm. out, but the PKs usually are it's a lot about equivalent to the free throw yeah. line. And they're, they're intense and, and, and they're uh, not placing it. They're not. Oh, they're drilling it. They're drilling it. They're drilling it. Yeah. They're drilling it. So you, you <laughs> you're, just hoping, it. you're just hoping to So what do you do? Yeah, well, I didn't actually uh, in the league because uh, my brother played it's in that one. Get my brother, big. I don't yeah, know. My brother yep. played in that one. Dive, he did that. Dodge. Yeah, right? <laughs> so if you got to get hit. You just, yeah, you just got to get hit, basically. Ah, but whenever dude, we play terrible. in the league, we had a couple. You're definitely not seeing it. No. <laughs> there's two different penalties. There's, there's uh, two right? spots. Two there's spots. two spots. Because yeah. one is like it's, it's like direct it's like, penalty. Yeah, it's like six meter and nine yeah. meter. And then the yeah. other one is like if there's a, an accumulation of mm-hmm. fouls. Right? It goes to the nine. Yeah, yeah. it goes to the, to the back one. So I, that, that I didn't know. Sometimes I'd be like, why is it so close? And I was mm-hmm. like, last time it was over there. And he's if like, no. Foul you in, if they yeah. foul you in the box. Yeah. 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 If they foul you in the arc, it's a PK. It's at the close one, the six. Uh-huh. Yeah. If if it's accumulation of fouls, then the, the free kick's at the nine. I was tripping the first time. I was, <laughs> I was going off at the ref like, bro, last time it was back there. And he's like, no, dude, this is what happens. You don't know like, what you're talking about, bro. Like, my bad. My bad. I saved it, though. Yeah. I saved it, though. But, yeah, he, he Don't just, lie. You didn't save it. You got hit. <laughs> I got hit. Yeah, I didn't save it. It just hit me. Uh, but my brother, yeah, he just, I mean, you know how big he yeah. is. He just, like, gets up and just tries to block the whole thing. I mean, those penalties are, are insane. So, if you're able to score one of those just by, like, just knuckling it in. in, like, oh, that, then you must it's, be really good. But, yeah, they're insane. Like, like the, I, I, I kind of have a sense of the feeling that you felt when you were at that match because I've been to, like, those matches were like it's super intense and those like, moments yeah, yeah dude yeah. have you been to like a futsal match like that not like that no dude i can't wait for you to go then yeah yeah, yeah. i'm interested are, in checking well, it out well i would expect the final to be pretty close to that yeah, yeah. but it gets it gets pretty crazy uh, but but even if even from a crowd perspective if there's some there's there's a decent crowd usually that shows up um but those high school boys games man those those c20 boys like i said that's that it was good then because mm-hmm. that Chickasha Grant game was just crazy. Yeah, and uh, and this year it's like just amped up, even bigger now. Yeah, I yeah. mean there's there's a lot. I mean like we were, I think the president was down the other day, and we were we were looking, talking. We we're like, oh, that kid, that kid, that kid, yep. that kid, that kid. We need to get all these kids in the in the pool. We need to get them to the next camp. I mean that's how crazy it yeah, is. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean the second to last final that we played, we played against Dog Pound. I would tell you that story when we played dog pen and they brought like everybody they brought like they brought a whole varsity team and a whole JV team mm-hmm. that's how many players they brought yeah. they brought um, we played against uh, I just Josh mm-hmm. Josh played with them Josh Garcia and then uh, that guy that played for the energy um, ah, Mexican I guy his name. Ah. was it Justin yes Chavez. Just, Justin Chavez, Chavez he played with them mm-hmm. like they're they're a decent squad how, what's the rule um, you said distribution wise right mm-hmm. if they give me the ball your team or them? Yeah, if, no, if my team gives me the ball, uh-huh. am I able to kick to the other side or no? No. Oh, then we should have definitely gotten a, no. a goal back. Because mm. I, I shot if, from if, my... It, well, if it's in your hand... Uh-huh. No, it's on my feet. 
it's on your feet. Yeah, yeah you can knock it. Oh, I can. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, you're playing it. You play with your feet. You can. Yeah. You can play it with your feet, but you just can't throw it. No. Yeah. So Past basically, so basically, what happened for, was for AMF. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I think that's the rule that we were playing. Yeah. Um, they gave me the ball back, and then I just saw the keeper just a little bit outside of his box. But and here's, um, here, here's the other here's dink. the other rule to that though. When you're with your feet, uh -huh. you can't cross the half line. No, I shot it from my side. I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But, but, oh, okay, but cool. you can't cross the half line. Okay, nice. We, we had a, we had a free kick uh, one of the uh, this year with one of the the grant keepers, mm -hmm. and uh, the free kick was like on just on the other side of the half, and he yeah. started going that. You can't cross it. You hey, can't hey. take it. You can't take that. He goes, come on. Uh, no, it's on the other half. You can't take it, dude. Yeah. He oh he got mad. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, I felt so crazy because I like I I. I did just kind of like you, where you kind of chip it, but you kind of add power to it, and then it's just like that, and then he was just like this, and then it just goes in, and everybody like my team is just look back and they're like, what? And then that's for that we were losing, yeah. so that's for us to tie the game, and then from then on we went to like score four or five, but I was just like, oh my god, did I just do that? Damn, <laughs> yeah, dude, it was intense, bro. But I'll give you a round of applause uh, for that one right there. Respect, oh, respect. There you go, there you go. Dude, <laughs> but playing futsal is like a it's a beautiful feeling especially like for me keeping wise i love to have the ball like at my feet and i transition from that to the to the to playing outside yeah it's so fun oh, yeah not man. only so that fun. but as a futsal player playing futsal you get the ball at your feet oh, more yeah. often you have more yep. minutes on the ball as opposed to have being 11 on the field and maybe only having a total of three minutes with the ball at your you feet in 90 minutes yep. you yep. see it like in the, in the in the professional level where like some players like let's say like a raheem sterling gets the ball like maybe for mm. eight minutes you could you see him cons consistently and then for like the next 30 he's just kind of like gone yeah. so it kind of just happens where like some players show like their level and then but in futsal it's consistent you're like yeah. always yeah. always always yeah. like every other second you're getting the ball so i think it's very it's helpful for scouts to be able to see oh this guy has it because like let's say like you're not having like i said on the outside you, you don't have the the ball like you should then scouts aren't able to see that but yeah. in the futsal like scene you're consistently moving you consistently can't hide from the yeah ball you there. cannot hide there no. so it's a great asset to have as a as a coach who's seeking uh players with a certain skill set so yeah it's crucial nice. man. and i'm excited i'm excited to get with yeah. you to to start a league up for sure because i know there's for sure a lot of talent out there that that want to go towards that futsal route because um, mm -hmm. i know a lot of them like Indoor is kind of like a, good, a cool thing, but it just gets to the point where you're consistently playing I mean, the you, same stuff. But with think? indoor, you can that's about as far as you're going to get. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But here, there's, here, there's tiers, room, bro. levels, there's out room of state to grow, competition. Yeah. And then, like, I know a lot of those guys could definitely take that next step to, to go play uh, at a professional level like that well, for that's sure. A, that's, a, that's a great kind of thing to kind of to get into mm -hmm. locally what, what we do. And what we try to do, yeah. you know, when we, t you know, you know, I talked about our own organization, yeah. you know, Nutmeg, and um, it's a uh, our it, we set it up differently, right? When, when we when we started with Nutmeg, we started it a the vision started about four years ago. It's been a long, slow process, but it's also been a very methodical process mm -hmm. in putting something together yeah. and what we want to do and how we want to do it. Going back to Capitol Hill, the four years that we were here, we always said, and we told we told the guys then, mm -hmm. and we've always said it. Whenever we get an opportunity, whenever we have the chance to give back to this community, 
we're going to do it, and we're going to do it in a big way. Yep. With Nutmeg and what we do, we set it up as a nonprofit. It's not a profit business. It is set up as a nonprofit so that we can go out and impact and provide the opportunities that the kids from this community deserve, mm-hmm. from the kids from this community that they desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like we spoke a minute, about a minute ago, they're really good outdoor players. They're not getting a sniff. Mm-hmm. They're not getting a sniff. But by with us in our organization and with Nutmeg, the way we set it up, and the reason why we affiliated with the USA Futsal Federation and AMF is exactly what I told you. It was because we have a clear pathway from grassroots to the best in the to world. The top. To the best in the world. Yep. And no kid's going to be limited if they deserve the opportunity. Yeah, or if they want it. If they but want if it they bad want enough. It. That's the best they thing. Want it. That's the best thing I've heard. It's just because I mean you're at you're at a level right now where it's just like you've you've seen it all. You've mm-hmm. done it all, right? Yeah. You've coached collegiate, you've coached high school, you've been to the professional level. Um so being able to to see those tiers mm-hmm. and um being able to not like I know some people reach those tiers and they're mm-hmm. just like I'm going to just keep that to myself. No, you know but you recognized yeah. what but was missing. Yeah, yeah, but then he you're able to do what what I generally really want to do in the community, and it's just provide opportunity. Yep. And that's for provide opportunity it, it's, for it's, everybody. It's funny you said that because that's exactly why we developed our nonprofit with nut, our Nutmeg nonprofit yeah. was our whole mission is about giving back, is about providing opportunities for the athletes, mm-hmm. young and old, in the communities that we serve. Yep. It's the south side. It's the north side. It's it's wherever we set up, wherever we're, we have opportunities and leagues going and tournaments going. You know, if if this area had a gym and wanted us to put on put on a on a tournament, yep. we'd put on a tournament because, again, you we if Nutmeg puts on a tournament, now those players are getting scouted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity we have to create here. Uh, along with what we're doing yep. together side by side again you mentioned creating opportunities creating opportunities and possibilities yep is what we're about is what we're about and it's gonna you know and we have the ability to do that through our leagues and competitions mm. as well as providing those other opportunities that could potentially come through those those different competitions man and now that there's futsal's courts everywhere i mean there's not one middle school here in oklahoma city from a public school that yep. doesn't have a middle school i mean right. a middle school a yeah. futsal court yeah so it's just like for me in the aspect of like because i mean coaching like at a prof- like not sorry professional at a at an institution like bishop mcginnis i mean the notion is like it, it comes from money because it's a private institution you yeah. know mm-hmm. um but like for those kids, it's my mindset is, is very much on providing opportunity, not by providing money. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Because yep. if you if you provide a man opportunity, you provide them the will to either you go do it. It's a decision. Or you don't. It's a decision. That's, the, that's your opportunity. If I provide you money, I still get to tell you, hey, look, this is what you do with your money. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? So he'll, he'll have no say, basically. You get what I'm saying? Because gotcha. I'm like, hey, here's 10 grand. But you can only spend nine grand on what I tell you. Yep. The one grand you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But if I provide him the opportunity, 
he does what he wants with that. Do you know yep. what I'm saying? And that's the same thing with like these these boys. I'm like, hey, look, this is the mindset. This is what we're gonna do. If you're on board, perfect. We'll do this. We'll work. And and then if not, then I mean, what can we do? You know. So provide people opportunities, not like easy way outs. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Opportunities are crucial because that because like if you just keep providing them the same thing and then like they're just like nah, then everybody's gonna like take yeah, it for granted. By. You know. But if you provide them that opportunity, they decide how far they could take it, you right. know, to the grassroots, all the way to the elite, going to play in all the way to Chile yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, my, our goal, our goal for this next year mm -hmm. is, I told you that the C-17s are going to Chile for the World Cup. Yep. Okay. Our goal is to have, have Oklahoma representation on that team that goes to Chile. That's our goal mm -hmm. from a federation standpoint. Um, also, also all the other you know from all the other pool of the players. Yeah. Um, but if we've got if we got kids from Oklahoma that are definitely deserving of going, That'd be and, huge. Then we definitely want them to go. Yep. And and we want it. We want to blow it up. We want to. We want to. We'll put it out everywhere. I mean, we'll blow it up big time. I want to see a professional football and, team here in Oklahoma and, City. Well. <laughs> that's that'd be that's, awesome that's you know again like i said we go you go region by region yeah working on grabbing a couple of teams in every region you know we uh, from a federation standpoint we'd like to have four teams in this region um you know it could be dallas could be oklahoma city could be tulsa could be two in one area could you know whatever the combination is yep. because when a team from say california comes in on a weekend they'll get two games and then go home. Mm -hmm. So we try to keep it from a travel perspective. It makes it where, where from a from a league perspective, that they'll travel. Make that travel worthwhile. And they'll, 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 they'll make a long-distance travel maybe once. Yeah. The whole, you know, once every three, four, you know, a couple months instead of having to make having a long trip all the time. Yep. And, then, and then ultimately game, the majority of games are played within your region. Yep. And then you might have one. We might, you know, might have might a, travel once. Might have a travel out to California, or Arizona, or Portland, Oregon, or you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And you then know. sometimes yeah. somebody else will so, come in. And do I'm it. excited. I mean, I'm excited to try yeah. and assist you in any way that you can yeah. to get some something going for sure. Yeah. Um, exciting stuff, man. I didn't even know this was going on. To be honest, yeah. I surprised you with these guests. That I don't tell yeah. you this, about this, this is all you. This is all you. <laughs> well, hey, it's well, exciting, man. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you. Um, like I said, Nutmeg's been in. You know a deal that's that started four years ago as a thought and an idea and, yeah. a, and, a, and a desire and slowly each year and year things have just been falling in front of us yep we haven't been rushing we haven't been pushing that's why we were not that's why we weren't out after a year after two years you know we're in our fourth we're in our fourth year and there's big things happening there's big things coming there's still some things coming that i can't say yet um, but there's some. Yes, big, I'm but, just kidding. But, <laughs> but there's. You but, sure? <laughs> but there's some. There's some big things coming um, uh, this next year, mm -hmm. um, based on what I'm what I'm kind of feeling, mm -hmm. and what what I've what I kind of know. Yeah. And uh, as these things continue to happen, things are just going to get bigger and bigger and better, and uh, we can't wait to share with you guys. Dang, well, this definitely won't be the last time we'll have you yeah. on oh, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. it's been an hour and 45 minutes Holy already crap already i told you it goes by <laughs> it goes like by fast this, it goes like by this, fast like it goes this. by real fast but i think we covered a large portion of what you've done what you have going on and 
I mean, a little tease on what's to come as well. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, that's some some news, right? Mm-hmm. I'm excited for everybody that's going to get to listen um, to this. And yeah, I'm I'm excited too because, like I said, I mean, one of the biggest things, and and I believe that deep have that deep passion, just like you know my uh, my one of my partners, one of our partners in in the in the nonprofit. You know, we always said when we when we have the opportunity to give back, we're going to give back and we're going to give back in a big way mm-hmm. to the community. And it's always been that way. We we talk with a lot of the guys that were playing on that team. We still talk to them today. And that's what it's all about, man. It really is. That's what it's all about. It really is. And then you have some of those guys come back, be a part of the program, yep. whether it's a coach, a scout. Yep. And then it just, it's just a revolving door. It just keeps funneling, funneling itself back and back and yep. back. So that's... And, and then one of the... One of the best things, again, it goes back to the opportunities for the community, mm-hmm. for those in the community that have a desire and a strong desire in the game. Mass futsal. Mass futsal. Mass futsal. <laughs> yes. Love that. I like that. See, I like love that. that. See. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, from here, because I think we did a good job on covering everything that we wanted to cover. Um, Paulo has some questions that yes. we'll just lob up to you that yes. you can just Sweet. quickly just answer so we can get a, a good sense of you <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. A good sense right. of how you are as a coach. Um, what is uh, on the outside field? Um, huh? what, what is that called? I mean, because you have futsal. Is it just outdoor? Outdoor. It's just outdoor. Soccer. Yeah, soccer. It's just soccer. soccer. Futsal. So- soccer. Just say soccer. Okay, yeah, say soccer. soccer. Futsal's indoors, soccer's outdoors. Soccer. Soccer. Which America just—I mean, everybody soccer. else football, calls it soccer. football. Yeah. football. Call it whatever you want. And, and the football <laughs> aspect. There you go. What is your favorite formation? Uh, <laughs> what do you run with? A diamond? I'm, I'm, guess, I'm guessing know. that's a four-one. When he, when he, I was being coached by him. Uh-huh. He loved the diamond, and uh-huh. it kind of became—I don't want to say the running joke, but it was just like, who's coaching in Capitol Hill? Oh, it's Steve. Has he talked to you about the diamond? We know about the diamond. But so what is that? What is that? It's a it's a four diamond too. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And and the diamond is inside. Yeah, so it's like a and let me guess it's like a four and then what a CDM? One, yeah. And then, and then your two, two center mids and, and your cam mid. and then your yeah. two up top. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and the outside back the outside backs fly. Yeah, respect. Yeah. Respect to that. Yeah. You like that, don't you? Well I do, but that's that's not my preferred but, one. But here's 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 and, and and I'll answer it this way. For those teams and the team he played on, mm-hmm. that was a perfect fit. Yeah. A diamond doesn't work for everybody. Exactly. There has to be that one player that plays the bottom of the diamond, plays that the CDM that, rule. That CDM, that number six. Mm-hmm. There has to be a special player that will run, basically be the quarterback. Yeah, that's basically the pivot. Has to be the quarterback. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Has to be the quarterback. Yeah. And at Capitol Hill, you had Jaime. Hmm. Dude, Jaime, Jaime is such Jaime, a Jaime, dude. Jaime is ridiculous. Jaime, Jaime, when he plays futsal too, oh, he still has that it. Guy, huh? That guy's got it, man. Oh, well, he didn't go uh, play I mean, D1 I don't, for I don't no know reason. How old, I don't know how old he is now, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he's still got it now. And I mean, he's doing big things in the uh, physical therapy yeah. aspect. He's yeah. studying, and he's, yeah. I mean, that's why he doesn't play as much now. Yeah. Um, he's a great, he's a great human being, great person, um, super helpful yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, it's super crucial the CDM role. If you don't yep. have a CDM, yep. like that can play that be and the I, pivot and role. I kind of, I kind of have another Ooh. one too that I kind of. What's well, the other one? What's I better, the other? Better not share because I kind of mess people up with this one. Okay, no, no, do tell. <laughs> yeah, you tell now you have to tell now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, a, f- a five three. No, a five four one. Sorry, five four one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
And, okay. the, and there's a, I want you to think about it for a second. There's yeah. a secret to it that messes people up. So is it is that where it's like center back, center back, center back, left wing back, right wing back? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's what I use on my uh, yeah. on that's my ultimate team. FIFA, you know, that's your FIFA. That's my. That's it. Because I have Davis, Alfonso Davis from uh-huh. Bayern on the left. And the, yeah, on the left. And then I have uh, Trent on the yeah. right as a right wing back. Uh, Those guys are machines. machines. Up and down, up and down, up and down. I'll tell you off air the rest of it. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll take you up on that. Um, Ricardo, do you have a favorite, favorite formation? No. You don't have a favorite formation? Not really, no. Oh. Whichever one he plays good in. <laughs> whichever one, or whichever one I see my kids play in. I haven't done any coaching in a long time. But yeah. when I did get into it, I was coaching an elementary school team. Yeah. And I had mentioned to Pablo that it's so tough to get tactics going. Yeah. Basically, I'd show up and have these kids scrimmage. <laughs> scrimmage. Just watch it. And what I would do there is I would watch who would naturally by themselves yeah. play defense, play forward. And I'd get to see those personalities. Yeah. And depending on the personality yeah. of the players, where I would funnel these guys. And they kind, kind of coach over the game. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, yeah. in elementary school, for the police athletic league, yeah. it, there's not much time to prepare. Yep. You're just counting on the good ones and really trying to get everybody involved. And that's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. My go-to is the four-two-three-one uh, okay. uh, Because yep. it's, uh, it's you're able to rotate so much. Um, you can go from, like, a striker to push just to back down a little bit to become a center forward. And it's just a lot of rotation. So it's, it, I mean, defensively as well, um, your two center mids could like switch into the diamond and they could just switch back. So it's kind of like, to me, that's the most versatile formation because you could just swap and change, switch change, it. change, change. Yeah. Um, Is this the position, the formation you'll have at Bishop McGinnis? Uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> learn quickly. Yeah, yeah, I'm learning, I'm learning, le- I'm learning learn from the quickly. best here. Um, are you a Nike or an Adidas type of person? Um, Adidas. Yes, well, that's the more Adidas yes. than Nike. Hey, it's okay. Hey, it's okay. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just an, I'm the knowledge person on this uh-huh. podcast. You're nah, just the guy that I'm sets just the it guy up. that wings it. You got, you're, you're the, you're the wings. Guy. I'm lucky to have you, Paolo. I'm lucky to have you. You know, he said that before. Yeah, he's been practicing. I've been practicing. Yeah, I've been practicing in the mirror for that one. Um, uh, let's see. What was that, the question? What's the most memorable moment that you've had in Ooh, soccer, whether it's great player, one. coach. Can you give me one? Those 50, that fifteen minutes. Until okay. He got injured. All, right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I didn't. I didn't touch on this part of my my uh, whole soccer experience. So this is bringing up something new. You did good. You did good. Gotcha. I'm learning. See, All this right. going, All right. see? see, you see? did good. Clap. So you're bringing up another aspect we didn't even talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up another aspect you didn't talk about. Uh-huh. Not only did I play professionally, and I, I was assistant coach professionally, you know, semi-pro. I was assistant coach with the, one of the indoor teams here, semi-pro. And I did that for uh, might have been a couple of games or a season or so, but wasn't wasn't like full time. But I was helping out and playing. But so I also refereed professionally, hmm. uh, indoor, and one of the best things that had ever happened. So I'm refing indoor, right? Mm-hmm. And we're they're going down the right side of the of the boards. The ball gets played in, so they're rushing. They're they're sprinting to them. I'm right behind them. There's there's the attacker yeah. against the wall or kind of real close to the wall mm-hmm. running to get the ball. It's running to the corner. It's not quite the corner. It's probably just inside the line, yeah. inside mm-hmm. the red line. Yeah. Running down. Defender's running right beside him. Defender comes over, cuts him off, right? And so the defender gets a little step on him. So now there's just a little space, maybe yeah. about a foot or so, and he tries like, okay. and, uh-huh. and between the between the players and the wall. Yeah. So the defender reaches up, 
grabs him by with his left hand, grabs him, grabs the attacker or the defender by the shoulder. The attacker is trying to get through. Yeah. Reaches up, puts his hand on the shoulder, on the shoulder. of the defender, pull, jumps and pulls himself through by pulling on the <laughs> defender and he gets through. Well, he's midair mm-hmm. and now his back is to the board as he's trying to squeeze through. And while he's doing that, Exactly. Yeah, just, <laughs> exactly. The defender put he his shoulder. He just through. plastered that forward into the wall. Uh, and he, the ball's doing this. He bounces down. The defender falls. And I'm standing right behind him. And it's watching right in front of me. Right? He's like, play out. No, no, no. No, listen. I blow the whistle. Mm-hmm. I blow uh, the whistle. I call a foul. Yeah, right? So on who? So what does? So <laughs> on who? I didn't mention there's 8,500 people in uh, the seats. Oh, my word. Yeah, 8,500 people in the seats. And... So I just turn with my back to the wall and I look over to my partner across the way and he's looking at me going, Oh God, he goes, he's shaking his head. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, and, and I went, you know, of course everybody thinks the foul's on the defender. It's going to the attackers. It's no, going in, right? Say the forward. The foul is on the forward. Oh. Yeah. The first foul. Yeah. Nobody saw that. Everybody saw the four get plastered yeah, into the course. wall. So they think I'm calling that and going to give that guy two minutes. I would have oh, first foul, no. and, but see, that's what and, I was going to say. Yeah. Before. Dramatic, yeah. dramatic pause though, right? So I yeah. pull the whistle, I turn, and I stand there for about three seconds. I'm looking across. My buddy over there is going, uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 and I went, boom, pointed yeah. my hand, just dramatic, just pointed <laughs> the other way. way. As soon as I did that, I swear I thought the roof was going <sighs> to come off. Because, do you have that? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, dang it. I'll, I'll add that. I'll add that it in post-production. Post-production, okay. I'll add the crowd. Yeah, okay, you add the crowd. So the crowd's going. <laughs> the crowd's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have definitely and, said some mean and, words. It sounded, like, it sounded like the riff was coming off. Uh, and, and after the game, the buddy that was reffing on the other side, he, yeah. he goes, I swear, I think they were crawling over the wall at me. It felt like I was uh, getting jumped. Because the whole place went nuts because I pointed the other direction, which they all thought it was going because their forward just got smashed. Yeah, yeah. you know, and the boards are doing this; it echoes through the whole place, and I'm just <laughs> loving it. It was That's, just amazing. Geez. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I can. I've I've repped some indoor games, and it, definitely not professional indoor games, but some of these parents can get pretty vulgar out there. Oh, come on, man! You're gonna compare? No, I'm not <laughs> comparing. I'm, I, I'm just adding my like very this, minimal experience. He said experience 8, 6,600 people. And I'm talking about my like twenty. Four parents like hey, come on <laughs> there's a little difference just a little just bit a little just bit. a wee bit just a little difference just a wee maybe, bit. Maybe the words were the same just not to that same you know amplified sound yeah. i guess yeah um Sheesh. perfect so now uh, i didn't know you also riffed as well what are your thoughts on on var um, i know there's a lot of controversy um uh, like recently harry kane scored a, a goal that was like borderline like yeah. i'm telling you like they probably called it outside because like one of his like hairs was like mm-hmm. oh you know yeah. and then there's just been a lot of controversy about between the Arsenal that penalty that they didn't get the we're not gonna day. yeah just we'll, go, we'll skip He's that a one man city Ed, edit that player. out edit that part <laughs> out. Um, but what do you think what do you think has it helped the game has it set the game back a bit what are you thinking I, I think I think there's good intention behind it uh-huh. but I think there's a lot of inconsistency there is a lot of inconsistency because the per- I was watching the Manchester City no, Arsenal game I was watching the, the Liverpool United game uh huh sorry not United Chelsea Liverpool Chelsea game. Cracker of a game that was that was as well. the game, but yeah. uh, in in uh, a lot of instances, um, the players were offside, but the linesmen are instructed to just keep their flag down until like the play ends or whatever. But uh, unless they unless they for sure think it's an offside, no, no, you keep it down the whole time. Huh. Apparently, because yeah. uh, Lee Dixon was the one who's doing oh, the commentary. Yeah, that, that drives me nuts. Yeah, so he was like, "Okay, so what if, happens if the is, guys if the guy's offside, like blatant, and he's got a t 
ten yard run. Yeah, and you're gonna let him go when just everybody in those whole and everybody on TV and everybody in the stands everybody. knows he's off. Yeah. Just raise your flag. Well, that's, that's, that's what, that's what happened with the Newcastle game. When I forget the name of the guy, that the CDM, the ball guy, he made a good run coming mm-hmm. from the back, so he knew he wasn't offside. Flag goes up. He still plays the ball, finishes, even though they he had called the offsides. Yeah. They went back and gave him the goal, even though he finished it after the flag eight, went up. after the flag went up. So that's that's one they have to think yeah. about. I mean, because yeah. it's like he, Lee Dixon said it perfectly. He's like, what if? Because it was most solid most of the time. He was on what, Okay, so what if he uh, they play the ball through and then the lineman, linesman keeps it down as he's making that run to get the ball? Like he it's, blat- it's bla- blatantly offside, right? He gets, gets fouled. He gets, he gets drilled. Or he gets, yeah. or he pulls, he gets, a, pulls an ACL. Injury. Like how, how do you how do you do that as yeah. a, you know? Like you could have avoided that just by putting your flag up. Yep. You get what I'm saying? So they need to really look into that one. But apart from that, I mean, I don't know. I it's think the world are going to have VAR. I, I, I think it has its purpose, but I yeah. still think there's some inconsistencies. I don't think there's a lot of good definition for I mean, it right if now. If you look, if you look into it as well, like a lot of these. Um, countries that don't have economical like you know support they can't afford the var like mm-hmm. they can't afford the, the camera to be at every game they can't afford any of that so like if not everyone's gonna have it should we even have it? you get what i'm saying because yeah. i know the conca cap doesn't even have var like there's been some instances in which the conca cap there has been some controversial plays but we don't have that you know yeah i guess the argument is that we are we are in 2022 and considering how some version of ours in the NFL and the NBA, somehow it just has to... There's so much that goes on in the field that it's impossible for the refs to get it 100% correct. But yep. what makes it terrible is when they're, when some are getting VAR, some aren't. It's just... It seems, it's inconsistent. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, because like if, if VAR would have existed since forever, I mean, Maradona's goal would have never counted. The handball. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Germany goal that they scored against England. Yeah, France wouldn't have made it to that World Cup if it wasn't for Henri's yeah. handball against Scotland. So, exactly. Yeah. So it's I just like you. all these, all these like hypotheticals that could have happened if we, you know, had VAR, didn't have VAR. But yeah, I think just I think just it think adds a good aspect. A different world champion. Yeah. Just world yeah, ex- different exactly. World Cup champion. And it goes back like even into like you know like right now uh, with Portugal like that uh, goal that they. Uh, didn't say it didn't go in you know what i'm talking mm, about no it didn't cross it didn't fully cross the line so like that would have automatically qualified them for um the world cup. To, yeah they wouldn't have to have gone to what they go now to the playoffs um but if they didn't have our the linesman could just be like oh yeah i went in yeah you know? but the refs but need the guy help. has yeah, he's, ref I mean, needs help the ref it's just inconsistent help. so it, 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 i think that's one of the biggest things um but i guess we'll yeah. see yeah i mean mm. as, as technology progresses I think it'll be more utilized to a more, more efficient, higher standard. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Um, Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Will it be a European team or a South American team this year? This year, 2022. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> a World Cup year. It's a World Cup Qatar. year. Yeah, that's November. insane. November 17. I think that's the date that I think it starts. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Who, oh, do, you yeah. Think, who do you think is taking? Hmm. Also, going back to that question before, um, who is the World Cup? current holder that you were talking about for the uh, futsal. futsal yeah uh colombia beat brazil in the c15s in paraguay it was a two to one final it oh. was crazy two to one you can find it on youtube i'm gonna look that up when i go home c15 world cup paraguay or amf mm-hmm. paraguay 
And the final was Brazil and Colombia. It mm. was crazy. Uh, can't imagine it was being nice. a riff in that game. Yeah. It, it yeah. Well, it was it was uh, the semifinal mm-hmm. between Colombia and Paraguay was just as good or better because Paraguay was the favorite. Yeah. And Colombia knocked them off in Paraguay. At home. Can you imagine how crazy that was? Wow. So there, there's yeah. two there's two good ones to watch from that C15 World Cup. Definitely gonna have to go take a look. But yeah, yeah. good question. Who wins? South American team. European team. He's going to say CONCACAF team, Asian team? He's going to say Canada. African team. African team. Well, I'll I'll probably, uh, because of the where it's being played and when, I would say South American. Will it be Argentina team? Think about it. It's going to be 145 degrees. Yeah. Just about. (laughs) You think so in the winter? That's why they're doing it in the winter. It's still going to be hot. They're still in the the desert. The stands have like full-time misters. Oh. Because it's because it's going to be that that hot that hot and it, yeah it's I mean because there's it's okay weird. okay maybe not 140 it might be 105 110 okay. mm-hmm. it, it's, it's going it's it's yeah, to be hot it's going to be hot yeah it's going to be real hot um, yeah for sure it's going to be but, it's going to be a, a dog fight yeah mm. I, I, I'm think, excited. I think I think South American can have a chance but it's because everyone has they, such a good squad they, they teamed I know and they but they. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, but they seem to fold under, under pressure. Under pressure. Like that, yeah. yeah. You know? But it's just like, I mean, look, look at the squads right now. Brazil's like, they've had, they've, they've had a decent squad, but now they're like insane. Like they have Militao, they have Rodrigo, mm-hmm. they have Vinny. They have like all these good players. Um, and now Portugal's the same thing. They have Bruno, Ronaldo, Ruben Diaz, like yeah. Trincao, mm-hmm. they, like every everybody has. I'd like, like I'd like to see Portugal get into the final four. We'll I, I would like to see that too. I'd like to see that too because they still have to qualify, because they've done. Well, yeah, I know they got a qualifying they gotta be nightmare. Italy and who else? Turkey, yeah. I think. Yeah. Turkey, yeah. Turkey first, and then whoever wins between yeah. Italy and whoever they play. Yeah. What are your predictions? Who wins it? Argentina does. I don't thing. know. I would have liked it. <laughs> Mexico, Mexico wins it. Okay, now. Nah. Mexico, nah, nah, Mexico wins it. Go ahead and stop. <laughs> Press it. <laughs> yeah, stop that. Where's that? Yeah, yeah, I don't have that, that one. Mexico's going to win 100%. Get out of here. Where's that X? I have faith. Yeah. I have faith. Hey. You have faith. No have way. Faith. Now, now, I'm, now I'm just even more upset that you <laughs> brought that up because look at, look at Pepe. What about him? Look where he's playing at he's now. He's playing in Europe. In Germany. Come on. Good for Germany. Where could he have been playing on a national level? Where? Where? You tell me where I he could know. have been. I don't know. In Mexico. But they don't give the kids opportunities. Now he's playing for the U.S. This is why, This is what it goes back to, Ricardo. I'm this telling guy. you. Because I tell Ricardo all the time, the Federation... I'm not going to pretend I know the conversation you're guys are no, talking about. No, <laughs> because uh, we talk about the Mexican Federation, the National yeah. Mexican Federation, and just how the Mexican League is like set up. Um, they don't really give kids the opportunity like the U.S. does. Uh, like some of the talent that we've had before mexico oh my god mexican teams sell those guys at an in, like insane amount like insane like europe like the top premier league teams they have guys from south america and stuff because they're so cheap you can get for the price of one mexican player playing in the mexican league you could get two players from south america so that just gives those kids no chance whatsoever like they have no say on what their price is like you know your team could be like oh you're worth 11 mil and that's what you're worth and so if somebody pays it perfect somebody doesn't you're stuck here. Pepe could have Pepe could have played 20 mil. States. 20 uh, mil. Yeah, somebody would have been like, oh, he's 25. If you want these 25, that's it. That's that's where you're getting it. 25 and then maybe like a, a loan or something. Like they would have been some crazy thing. 
Um, but no, like Dallas FC Dallas and all these like like uh, Daryl, uh, yeah. Daryl. He's at West Brom. Like yeah. for what? For like uh, like you know what I'm saying? Like Pepe's transfer to um, Germany is going to be Dallas is like one of their like biggest transfers. It's nothing compared to what Mexico is trying to sell their players. Like it's insane to me, man. And it just goes to show you that the Mexican national team needs to look in their federation, in their like infrastructure on what's wrong. Because yeah. like those guys, they go play in Europe, they'll have more experience. Like Pepe, that kid's like 18, 19, something like 19, that. 19, no. He's going to go play in Germany, play against big, big squads. He's going to come back to the U.S. and bring that. Like Gio Reyna, look at Gio Reyna right now. Yeah. Gio Reyna is insane. Yeah. He's a great player. Pulisic, Pulisic yeah. scored against Liverpool recently. Like these guys are playing at such a big level, of, uh, uh, big level in the European stage that when they play at the national level, those guys yeah. are succeeding. Yeah. And Mexico is. Are they keeping it? Are they keeping it within the federation? Within, yeah, they're keeping it within like their like they're, most profitable players, profitable. Right. So like Tecatito Corona plays for Porto, mm -hmm. Hector Herrera who plays for Atlético, who yeah. I think is gonna leave anyways. But I think the most just Mexico is just in this phase where all these old stars will eventually have to move on. And that's, like I've said to him, mm -hmm. that this transition period will happen after the World Cup. Unlike USA's who had to do that last earlier, yeah. earlier because they didn't qualify for the World Cup. I understand that this era mm -hmm. is changing. Yeah. yeah. But this guy... This guy, Mexico loses uh, two games in, for the qualifiers last last yeah. time, and he's coming yeah. in like, I, I, I hate being a Mexico <laughs> fan. He jumped ship so fast. That's why he's a I Man just, City fan, just, because they've been what? winning. Don't if you bring City if into they this. Weren't, if they weren't winning, he wouldn't be a Man City Don't fan. Well, we, all, we all made news better. Yeah. No yeah. Way. yeah oh, okay, let's let's bring that conversation up. What happened with, with Wolves today? They took huh? an L, bro. They took an L. At, at Old Trafford? Yeah. Unbelievable. Shit happens, bro. Shit happens. Shit happens. They don't know who their coach is. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it happens, man. You know what happens it's when, a stop you, when you bring a superstar like Cristiano Ronaldo? We know what's going on with him, right? I mean, you I'm know? just saying, CR7 could be one of the top best players, but he's not going to be a great if he team doesn't player. score a goal. He's, he's not going to be a great you. team yes, player. He's hurting your team because he did that at Juventus. I mean, mm -hmm. look at Juventus now. Look where they are yeah. right now. Yeah. Eighth, ninth in their league. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I think it's very it's crucial. From a real Man City fan <laughs> who was there when they weren't good. I was there when Mancini was there. Uh huh. Okay. I will tell you that. Main use problems, not the forwards. What's the problem? Their problem is their midfielders can't get it, can't get the ball to them. That's their big problem. Uh, because if you think about it, and, and I'll go back to when we were at Capitol Hill and playing, um, we played against McGinnis. Mm -hmm. They had one of the best players in the state, leading goal scorer, broke records, went to Notre Dame to play, Stephen Perry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody could stop him. Mm hmm. Nobody. He was scoring three, four, five goals a game. I mean, it was ridiculous, right? And we went out and scouted and watched him. And we figured out why he was so good. He had the talent. If he was in the position to score, he was scoring. There was no stopping him. Mm -hmm. So we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to stop him? And we figured out we're not going to stop him. Mm -hmm. We figured out that in the midfield there was one player – in the midfield, every time he got the ball, he did one thing. Look for that. He looked for Steven. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to defend Steven. We had to cut the head of the snake off. We swarmed that dude. We didn't let him make a pass. Steven didn't score. We won. Yeah. 
The I midfield's the issue. That I mean, that's that's clear because I mean, with City, I'm just gonna let you know, City has a great midfield. They have Gundogan, Bernardo Silva. Kevin De Bruyne, like these are all players that yeah, you can huh? swarm one of them, but the other one is just find that exact same pass that you know that you need. It must be nice. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it must be nice. Yeah, but it's not great until we win a Champions League. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll win the Premier League. Yeah, but that's a given. Well, you know. Yeah, you're not losing the Premier League this year. I told you. I told you. If you lose the Premier you. League now, it's that you know, it's bad. I mean, yeah, I told you, but I told you at the beginning. I yeah. told you whoever, whoever, before. Whoever we has it in you're, uh, by you're Christmas time. I told you. You're going to end up having to, like, play your 12-year-olds to lose the Premier League right now. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's it's a scary thing going on right now, though, because we, we just played um, uh, Arsenal. Yeah. Two to one. Uh, it's a very rocky game. Yeah. Ars- Arsenal's got the young bucks. Arsenal's going to be, like I told Ricardo, too, Arsenal, Arsenal and Barcelona are going to be two, I want to say maybe in the next two to three years, they're going to be a... A nasty squad, bro. Dude, they're they're young. Yeah, Gavi, and they are they are dude, good. Barcelona is Gavi, and they got like Araujo, yeah. and like they have such like youth that with experience, man. But um, Manchester City has been rocky on the defensive side for sure, and I don't I, I don't know. That's kind of. It's kind of it's kind of scary. Well, it's going to catch up to them. The, it's, older, it, the older they get, it's going to catch up to yeah. them because there's not a lot of youth there. Yeah. So I mean, our next, I think the next opponent is Chelsea. So that's going to be a good match too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the Africa Cup of Nations coming up in December, and a lot of Salah's Liverpool. Gonna be, yeah, Salah's going to be gone. Mane's going to be gone. So mm-hmm. they're going to have. And then I mean, COVID's getting crazy. So there's going to be a lot of people going uh, that are going to be gone. Um, it's just it's it's it's. Like I was having this conversation earlier today is like, and this was a high school coach that I work with mm-hmm. and they were, cause another school had contacted them and wanted to move their game, their competition because they got hit with COVID mm-hmm. and, but it wouldn't be advantageous for that coach, for the coach yeah. to move. He, you know, the coach I was talking to, he said, you know, I, we were talking and said, yeah, well, he goes, I don't have time to move. What if I move to the time they want? And then I end up not having players because of this. Yeah. yeah. I, I messed up. He goes, I'm messed up because I can't, I can't move anything because it's got to be done by this date. Yep. Yeah. And, and he, and he goes, he goes, it's next man up. Yeah. You got to be ready. And, to. and we got to, got to look at the fact that, some teams are prepared with depth and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Aren't. And that's you know? just the cards you're being dealt with. That's now. Just how it is. I mean, you have to you have to be ready. And so that's the other approach that I took with at Capitol Hill and other other in every team, high school team that I had. I treated it holistically. All the first yeah, team, second tra- team, third I team. It, I treated it differently. I treated the the JV like a reserve team. I made sure that I always had players on that reserve team, that JV team, that on any given day would they, fit that system. They on 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 any given day mm-hmm. they could be in a varsity uniform. Yeah. Based on how they play in their games, based on how they train, I always I always left at least two or more varsity jerseys open, always, because I knew that if I kept kept a carrot there. These guys would continue to mm. want it, and they would continue to develop. Yep. And so I cre- So not only was my job to make sure that my, you know, Capitol Hill, out of twenty players, 
we had 18 starters. I didn't have a bench. I had 18 starters, hmm. right? But I kept a couple of jerseys open because I knew that there were some talented guys on this reserve JV squad. Club, reserve squad. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give them. Know, as right. a freshman, Jose Castillo, Sacido. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, Salcido? you know who Salcido, right? Salcido. Yeah, 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 yeah. As, as a as a freshman, yeah. as a freshman, he was a freshman that year. Had all those players. He was a freshman that year, and he was good enough to play. But we put him on on JV, mm-hmm. and we had a, a seat. We had, we had a couple of jerseys open, so we would just sit him. Mm-hmm. We put him on that. And, and, then, also, and, then, and then he would get an opportunity every night. Yeah. And by, by mid-season, he was starting and And playing. on top of that, he was getting those minutes yeah. in the JV team, that so just, he wasn't yeah. sitting idly. Yeah, that just also helps you uh, really uh, show the character of the player that you're putting on the JV side. Yeah. You know, because some, some of them are going to be like, no, I deserve to be on the varsity. And you're like, hey, look, we're going to put you on this reserve squad so you can, you know, develop a little bit more. Here's what's going to happen. And they're going to be like, nah. And they just quit. And they just leave. So them. for that, that's that's on you, you know. So that mm-hmm. really shows the character. It's like if someone's willing to grow um, apart from that. So uh, one more question. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? That kind of went off on a rabbit hole, didn't it? <laughs> um, a lot of controversial uh, talking between Thomas Tuchel and uh, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, Lukaku comes on. This interview was about three months ago or whatever. Uh, but Lukaku says that he uh, is sorry to the Inter fans. He's like, hey, sorry about the way I left. Um, I'm really not liking the situation that's going on at Chelsea right now. Um, just kind of you know, questioning the coach, questioning the system. Um, and then Thomas drops him for the Liverpool match. Big match. I mean, this is like either you make second, third, or even if City drops points first. Um, you as a coach, what would you do in that scenario if like a player, a, a player you just brought in, you spent a good amount of money on, uh, questions your kind of authority? What, what's your step? What's your go-to scenario there? At that, at that level, at the at that professional, at the professional level, level, you have a you have a talk behind closed doors. No, because I mean Thomas came on after that interview and they were like, "Hey, what do you feel?" He's like, "Well, obviously I'm upset. You know, I'm mad. Um, I mean, it's, it's some stuff that, you know, hurts the team. But yeah. it's just because I, I mean, would, right now they're going through a rough patch. They've yeah. they've tied. They've lost. Um, yeah, because they were number one the, the whole the whole from the beginning I of the think, season. They were one. I think the the not knowing the dynamic of the locker room, mm-hmm. the entire locker room. Yeah, you got to know the dynamic of the entire locker room. But then you also have you know, but but from coach to player Mm -hmm. it should be a conversation behind closed doors and you you settle it you listen to the player and his reasoning why he said that and you listen and then you you also say okay you either agree you either agree with it or disagree with it or you explain as a coach why that that cannot happen in public. Yeah. You can come in here and tell me all you want about that, but it cannot happen in public. And because you did it in the venue you did it, that's why you're sitting. That's why you're not starting. But um, it, it may or may not mean that you play. You may play, you may not play, but it does mean that you will not be on the field to start the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Romulo got dropped from the whole thing. Like, I mean, he, yeah, I think he, he wasn't even so. in the stands. But, I mean, like... 
from like that aspect that you're talking about like i would definitely like if i was in a professional setting i'd be like hey look let's sit down and talk but thomas isn't that type of coach he's not that type of coach where yeah. it's like um hey let's go have a chat and figure out what's wrong mm-hmm. with you thomas is very much from what i understand from interviews and past players and current players he's a very like meticulous and like and i think a lot of german coaches are like that except for jurgen i think jurgen has a very perfect mix of uh being meticulous and expecting like professionalism out of your uh, players but then also recognizing that they have human side because no yeah. matter what profession that we do we're human we get angry we get happy everything um and i don't think um tuchel has had that he hasn't built that kind of relationship with his players because um, i mean it was uh when he first started out he had issues um i don't remember the team that he played for i think it was mines uh, in germany and then he had the issues as well with PSG, and then he had his issues with Dortmund, and then he's, now he's having this issue with uh, in Chelsea. Mm. So I think it might be, like you said, uh, the locker room setting might be a little bit um, outside of that because it's not the first time that somebody's mm-hmm. been upset with the setting, you mm-hmm. know? Because like, well, uh, if 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 you have a good locker room or if you have a relational type mm-hmm. situation, those conversations don't come out in public. Exactly. So if there's not a relationship or a relational situation that is present, mm-hmm. then yeah, stuff like that. Because he has to know stuff like that's going to happen. Yeah, Romulo, Romulo has has to know that. Like, if I come out with this, I'm like my coach is going to be smeared in some way. You get what I'm saying? Or the program yeah. that I'm a part of is going to be smeared in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's just like if you don't have that relationship with them, he, I guess he didn't care in the aspect. Like yeah. they didn't have that relationship. Well, you get what I'm you saying? You know, and and that brings up another deal. If 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 that type of mentality was going on, mm-hmm. then yeah, I mean you, I mean I can see why he got removed mm-hmm. because you got to think, not everybody gets a seat on game day. Mm-hmm. There's players that are in the stands. Yep. So. All right, you're going to talk like that. You're not part of the team. All right, you're not suiting, and we'll move so-and-so down to, you know, at least suit. Yeah. You know, and that goes back to that conversation we were having a little bit just a few minutes ago. You know, that extra jersey. Mm -hmm. Well, the extra jersey is your butt's now not even suiting. I'm going to bring this guy that wasn't. I'm going to put him at least in the suit. Yeah, not Pulisic scoring goals now. I mean, yeah, but just, I mean, from the gameplay that Chelsea played, Chelsea did struggle a bit. I mean, they didn't have the player that Romelu is, who is like that person target seek, man. Yeah, the, and I mean, I think if they would have definitely had a player like that, um, I think they definitely would have won that match. But yeah. all they also needed Thiago Silva in there. That that center back trying to hit her the ball that was at his feet just looked so bad. Thiago was Thiago, Thiago was playing. Did he play? Yeah. So Chelsea plays that. Uh, I think they play that that uh, five in the back. Uh, but yeah. Um, I can never pronounce his name. I think it's Chala or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he tries to like hit her on the ground. I like real bad. Yeah, I mean he's a young kid. He's yeah, a young kid, so he's he's learning. Moment. Um, but I mean, it. I don't. I don't know. But who are your predictions on on Champions League? Who do you think wins Champions League? Champions League. Oh man. Say that's a tough one. Say we'll see. No, that ain't happening. No? no. What? No. The way things oh wait yeah. no, the way things are looking Real Madrid is oh, Real Madrid's good never man. Count out. and Bayern too <laughs> Bayern I don't I don't think PSG wins I don't think they do but Bayern Real Bayern, Madrid Bayern's got a Bayern's got a shot they do <clears throat> question so he's gonna go question. with Bayern I have one more question and then we'll wrap it up yeah but this is a question for those uh, high school coaches you know do you have what's a good one piece of advice you'd give Paulo mm-hmm. going into his first um, high school season that he can take and run with? Um, 
be be able to you know set yourself up from a perspective of okay you know here's here's what i have mm-hmm. top to bottom mm-hmm. and then take on that mindset of that development you know you have your your core group that mm-hmm. you know day in day out it's going to give you everything you want and then you got those that need development development mm-hmm. need more opportunity those kind of things um one of the best things i ever did was you know um have that extra but by, by the time my last year coaching in high school i had four or five open jerseys on the bench I I had 16 regulars, 16, 17 regulars, and I made sure that four or five players from my reserve squad, four or five players, every single game, there was – they knew that they had that opportunity, that opportunity to, 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 to sit at the yep. end of the bench. Yep. Right? And, and, they, and they know that they may, may get in, they may not, but – this is a reward for your opportunity and you can because because being in that jv level watching that and then being in the middle of it on the sideline and seeing the difference is half the battle it's just the experience because yeah. the, because the majority of them don't ever see that yep. because there's a lot of high school coaches that here's my varsity here's my jv jv you go there varsity you go there jv coach you go get them i got these mm. guys and we'll see you on the bus that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and if you want to develop depth and you want to compete, you got to have at least three to five players ready at any time yep. that you can move in. And through that process, you'll be able to have them by the end of the season. If you do it consistently, A, they're battling and they know those shirts are open. So they're battling every day for that shirt. Mm-hmm. On top of your regulars, if they're doing that by the end of the season, by the time you get to district play, that that was our our point. Mm-hmm. Preseason through the end of March before district play started, they all you know they were battling for those shirts. By the time we got to district play, it became a permanent based on based what on I, based on what was yeah. going. Yeah. And I I think that's perfect because that's the the mentality that I want to have because I've talked to Ricardo about it in in prior episodes where, I mean, you see great coaches. You um, like I've had great coaches um, and then I've also had coaches that have learned as they've, you know, gone through the game. And then I have coaches who are just kind of like filling coaches. Mm. Um, So being able to see um, the bad side of it and the good side of it um, has kind of helped me progress like as, as a person as well coaching wise and I think that's one of the biggest things that I want to implement because you said it perfectly a lot of high schools have it where it's like split down the middle super polarized where it's like hey these 15 varsity the rest hey coach you go get them I'm going to deal with these guys and that's it but what happens when 15 of your players are seniors like mm. what are you going to do then you know what are you going to do next year what are you going to do next year yeah. so that's like the biggest thing that I want like um, I have a my coaching staff right now that I'm kind of like working diligently with right now um, to focus on how are we going to set up our structures, uh, our practices, our sessions where it's like, cause I mean, you don't want to have like, let's say your least skilled player, like practicing with your most skilled player. Cause that's just going to hold each, everybody back, you know? 
but how can we set it up to where like everybody's consistently progressing uh you're not just stuck where like in the same scenario um so i definitely don't want to like we'll split up in sessions but we're all going to be doing the same thing together you know what i'm saying it's kind of it's kind of a weird scenario they they trained for me they trained within their training pool i call Mm -hmm. it a training pool yeah within i I didn't say i didn't say varsity jv this is this is the this is one training pool this is the other training pool yeah because at any given moment at any given practice if you're not doing your job in this pool i'm sending you to that one no you're going down there to train with them now yeah or you're doing so well i'm going to send you to that pool today go go finish the practice up over there just again just a little reward just a little just a little nugget right Mm -hmm. because then when when that is seen where it goes either way Mm -hmm. the kids in one in the in the training pool the you know the 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 one that's not your regulars mm-hmm. okay and when they're the ones that are in that pool and they see that happening on in the middle of a practice you're you, you're moving them or you're taking one from here and moving them there to the other end of the field or to the other pool they're gonna have to step they're, it up yeah, the, well, yeah. They, they see it and they know it's real that those those jerseys those open jerseys are a real thing that 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 training pool that doesn't have your regulars in it that training pool becomes a feeding frenzy because they all want they, that shirt they, they 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 want the opportunity to move into the other training pool but they also know that if they're in that training pool or they they keep getting those opportunities there's a highly likely possibility they're going to get one of those shirts on game day yep even, and it's just consistent. Even, even though they're playing in that JV game, yep. they know that they still may get that varsity shirt. And that's exactly what I want to implement. It's like, you know, the whole squad is everybody. We're all the same. Everybody's doing everything that they can to keep progressing. Because um, the perfect example that I have right now is John Stones. John Stones, center back for Manchester City, played all the Euros games, consistently played for Manchester City um, last season, and now he's not even playing. So that just goes to show you that there's either something going on in the locker room or somebody's just outworking that, man. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And that's the same thing for us. Like, I don't care if he's an incoming freshman, five foot, like five foot two, 110 pounds. If he's outworking you and he's giving me what I need as, as a coach, he's going to outplay you and he's going to get more minutes than you. So it's just like having like the infrastructure where it's like nobody is better than anybody. It's just progression. It's what's going to make you a regular. You get what I'm saying? If you're consistently mm-hmm. playing, consistently providing what we need, then you'll you'll play. But yeah. it's good. It's good. Uh, thank you for that um, for that piece of information. We'll definitely try to implement that. Um, and I mean, it's just great to get to know more people outside of the community that I don't know, um, because we try to be connected with everybody. And it's great that Ricardo brings on people that I don't know that have connections somewhere else that we we can connect and then give more opportunities to people that might not know. Yep. So it's perfect. And like he said before, we thank you for coming on, um, giving us or giving me and our listeners um, a lot of information that we didn't nuggets. know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm excited. I don't know. How, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're buzzing for what's going on yeah. um so i'm excited to connect with you and and see where we can go with this yeah, yeah absolutely I, I did all that and i appreciate you for coming by um it's late now it's 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 a grind to get out here it's a grind to be out here late night but yeah. 
Uh, we appreciate you and we will definitely have you back on so you can tell us um, how everything's going. Um, whatever we can help with, whether bringing players for some futsal teams, you count on us and yep. we're there for it. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Do you have anything to say to any of the listeners? Um, share us, share some links, some websites. I'll also have you send it to me so I can end it, add it okay. onto the bios and whatnot. But yeah. what's uh, one last message for anybody that's listening? Yeah. Um, nutmegsports.org mm-hmm. is our website. Um, it has it has kind of you can kind of see kind of update on the standings and things, and the schedule of, of the teams and all the stuff that's going on with with our league stuff, um, and you know that's uh, kind of it. And then we, you know, obviously there's social media and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, NFA Futsal. And, yeah, NFA Futsal. Yeah, it's uh, all the same there. So, and then we have we have a YouTube channel as well. Nice. And, then, uh, and we've, we've actually loaded some games on there. Some of the C twenty games Good. are on there. Um, and then we also have uh, also have uh, TikTok that we've just started. So. Good. So. Ricardo loves TikTok. I do. Yeah. Good. No, we have TikTok to, to just, get you uh, get you in the action. Yeah, I'll let you give you guys some tips and tricks because I yeah. believe in all that. And it's <laughs> yeah. some really good places to get some organic growth out there. You, Ricardo? Yeah. Huh? Any words of wisdom? No. Um, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate um, if, if if you've listened to this and gotten here, then uh, you're a true fan. So I appreciate you guys. If you guys can, I got an idea. Uh, comment. Um, what should we have them comment? Uh, nutmeg comment nutmeg yeah. on one of our instagram posts let us know that you listen to it all and we'll give you a prize yeah i don't know will. what it is yeah whether it's a soccer ball or something but comment nutmeg on one of our social medias to let us know that you've listened to it and uh we have a treat for you so very exciting never stuff. never know what that could lead to yeah uh, exactly. Right? Opportunities. exactly opportunities opportunities nice well i appreciate everybody for listening this is uh, another episode of the mass football podcast we will see you all next week peace See ya.